You are responsible for bringing about the end of Cletus Cassidy. It's only right that you hold the door for me on my way out. They'll stop my heart, just like it stopped at my birth. What if Cletus Cassidy had never been revived? He would never have pushed Grandma down a flight of stairs. Bye-bye, Grandma, you puckered old sphincter. He would never have thrown a hairdryer in the mother's bathtub. Yes, Mama, I'm a bad, bad boy. He would never have been beaten to the brink of death by Daddy-O and sent to St. Estes' home for unwanted children. I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Dan and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Side in the Clone Wars. Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever amazing, ever spectacular Spider Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Clone Wars, where two similar pieces of media clash to be crowned champion. Two go in, and only one comes out. Well, we are finally here. We are finally going to let there be carnage tonight, as we have, for the very first time, a seasoned podcaster, a man of the most genuine of chit-chats. It's Mike Burton is here to talk all things symbiotic, and we're going to get all gooed up with each other and roll around and find out what happens. Uh, but he is here to talk Carnage specifically. We're going to specifically talk about Maximum Carnage, the 90s killer event that Marvel promoted in so many different ways, and another killer event, Absolute Carnage, which is the more modern take on that same sort of story with a diff- little different spin. But Mike, welcome to the show for the very first time. I've been hosted by you like four, three or four times now, I think, something <laughs> like this. So it's my turn to take the reins. I'm taking control. Nice. Nicely done. We've done a great job so far. It's interesting being the other way around. It's uh, you, you came in at a good time. It was when Mandalore, uh, Book of Boba Fett and uh, some of the other comics and motion shows were happening. And then we did Disney discussions on a whim yeah and i kind of went through that kind of way and that's how we ended up we got involved with the comics emotion a lot that's kind of how you got you mm-hmm. get you, as soon as you get in, into uh bed with one of the comics emotion family that's it yeah <laughs> in bed with all of them making podcast in, babies everywhere podcast incestuous very symbiotic relationship yes i could say mm. indeed um i love those guys they're great and you know anybody that's even remotely related to that that whole community i'll call it um i think is amazing and they provide some amazing content so much great content i was telling mike before i struggled to keep up with it (laughs) um but yes we are here to talk i mean we've talked star wars we've talked disney and i guess 
well, we've talked aliens, really, and we've mm. talked Disney, and these kind of worlds do kind of co-mingle a little bit. So uh, first off, I want to just ask, why Carnage, of all the characters and of all the, the different iterations, why did you want to talk about Carnage the most? Well, Spider-Man is my favourite superhero. Him, and, I'm, I'm a basic bitch, him and Wolverine, but I grew up with the movies, so that's one of the reasons. And I got into the video games of both of them when I was younger, I used to be a massive uh, gamer. Um, now I'm, I've invested a lot more time podcasting and I can occasionally play games. Whenever a new Spider-Man game comes out, I'm in like the Miles Morales and the uh, other PS4 and are just insanely good. And, and when the Wolverine game comes out as well, I'm going to be playing that too. So it's like, I kind of, Spider-Man's always been a big thing for me. And then Ultimate Spider-Man came out where you can play as Venom as well. And I remember in the PS1 or PS2 game that was legendary where you swing from rooftop to rooftop and there's like smoke mist things at the bottom uh, so you can't, land you can't go in the streets it was a very clever way to get around uh, being able to really web swing and stuff um and in that one i think there's a cut scene where venom and daredevil are swinging next to you and that was the first time i was like oh more superheroes because i i didn't at that point i hadn't really consumed much superhero content i was very young at this point and then yeah, after that it, it, i was like oh venom's very cool and ultimate spider-man he's very cool and i saw some of the cartoons and some of the other content around it and then obviously uh, the Sam Raimi trilogy came out and I was like, oh, Venom's not as cool in this film as I remember him being from the other stuff. So one, I explore a little bit more and mainly from games and other such like. And then, yeah, recently uh, where I've kind of had my comic renaissance uh, when I got back into reading comics, because when I was younger, I read a few like Beano and Dandy and a few other bits and pieces, but uh, mainly most of my comic book knowledge comes from Top Trumps uh, as well as, I didn't, Spider-Man's always one of the Top Trumps, uh, and then the video games mainly, and then a few other animated stuff, etc. And so when I had my renaissance and I got into the Star Wars comics and things after a mate bought me a comic and then I just collected all those, it was Dr. Afri bought me a cool variant, I went from there and then I with the guys in comics emotion lots of people recommended me stuff i eventually got marvel unlimited blah and then i was like i'm just i'm very intrigued by symbiotes and i looked at venom and i was like venom's got a lot of content out there and i don't necessarily know where to start so i was like and dave mentioned to me about absolute carnage uh, and someone else i think max may have mentioned to me maximum carnage and i was like okay these two events that are big comic events uh, and a few years ago i was like i'm gonna embark on the absolute carnage thing i'm gonna w- consume relatively every single carnage comic on marvel unlimited all the way up to road uh absolute up to absolute carnage and they've got this thing road to absolute carnage which is quite cool but you can also search by the character and just go in alphabet um date order when they're released so i just went through relatively all of those one or two i missed but all the all the carnage main series i read and i just found i really like comics but i find the older ones although they're very intriguing they are they're too they're not for me not because of my demographic or anything like that i just don't enjoy them that much I read, I know that uh, Matthew B. Lloyd of Comics Mission loves classic comics, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s comics. And I read them and they're good. They're, but when I read the comics that are 90s, that's like my era where things start to get really, you know, gritty and dark and everyone's want to be so foreboding. And Batman really came out swinging and you've got all these parts and then you get carnage. And it's just like this, you know, Spider-Man is, does have his darker moments, definitely. But when you get someone who's a serial killer mixed with, you get the terror of Venom, who I think is an incredible character. And he's he is my favorite. Spider-Man is my favorite character, but Venom is also up there. I think I love Venom, but he's, I guess a lot like Spider-Man, he's got a lot of up and downs. <laughs> In lots yes. of things, even, the, even if it's Eddie Brock or um, if it's, oh, don't tell me his name. I literally, I was literally writing it down and thinking about it, how much Flash. Uh, Flash, Flash Thompson, Venom. yeah. Flash Thompson, I love Flash's 
Agent Venom, Venom I think is yeah. as his uh, his title was called. I love that. That's my that was one away. of my that was one of my favorite runs actually of a Venom I comic. I thought that was and uh, again the stuff I was reading leading up to this a lot of the Donny Cates Venom stuff. Um, there's quite a few little nice nods to him, yeah. and what I really liked as well. I was worried a bit that you know when you know when new creators come on and they're like. They go, I'm going to do a new thing with this character. Yes. Everything else doesn't matter. Everything else that came before is shit. Forget it. <laughs> Alan it, Moore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to remake everything. That didn't happen. This didn't exist. Retcon, retcon, retcon. Oh. And I was a little bit worried coming into this story and, and the Donny Cates thing with all the stuff they introduced, like Null and everything, the God of the Symbiotes. There's a lot of obviously a, a 30, 40 years of continuity. Um, with Venom itself, with mm-hmm. with Venom. And that's how I kind of got into Spider-Man as well, because, um, you know, you see Venom on the cover and you go, what is that? Oh, my God, yeah. that's amazing. And, like, the first few I got was, like, I think it was called Venom Returns, a graphic novel, and it was Spider-Man versus Venom, and it was all those early stories. And I fucking ate that shit up. I loved it. Um, so I'm ve- And I'm very much a 90s kid, so everything... And it was very, you know, extreme in the 90s, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, but I was a little worried that this one would just be, like carte blanche and just be like forget everything that's come before but actually uh donny cates does a has a way of restructuring it reinterpreting it and retconning it in a genuine way where it actually kind of everything that has come before even the space agent stuff and the space knight stuff all kind of ties in quite nicely so i i really did appreciate that um obviously we'll get into whether you know which one is better because we will we will do this um but yes uh but yeah no i i totally agree i think there is certainly something unique about venom and carnage it's quite interesting that you like Carnage so much because I see you as quite a together guy, you know, quite organized, quite, you know, methodical. And and Carnage is like the exact opposite of that. It's like anarchy, chaos, carnage, bodies, blood, pieces of people all over the show, you know. So it's quite I, I found it quite interesting that it's almost like you're you're like maybe your dark side or the, my or, antithesis, really. It's the opposite yeah, of me. Like it, it's it's one of those things. I like Carnage a lot because also it's much easier to read all of Carnage than it is to read all of Venom, for example. So what I did when I was getting into symbiote stuff a lot more, and I absolutely adore, the symbiotes I think is one of the best ideas in comics. I think it's such a clever idea and you can do so much with it. I don't think they've done enough with it, being honest with you, but they did do quite a few interesting things in Venomized and Venomverse where they got the symbiotes to interact with like everyone, which links into absolute Carnage. But Venom was my starting point, background information, but Carnage kept popping up in places. And obviously in one of the Spider-Man games as well, I think that same PS1 one, one, the Carnage symbiote mixes with Doc Ock yes. and chases you down a hallway, and it is horror. And Carnage represents the horror in Spider-Man. There's a few other characters that are do as well, but Carnage is true horror. He is actually a serial killer. He's the stuff of nightmares. And as the years go on from especially Maximum Carnage, it just gets rammed up and up and up. And it doesn't always land in all the smaller series, hmm. but there are moments that work well. And I think in Absolute Carnage and in Maximum Carnage for different reasons, it works very well for that character. But he's just... And I want to clarify when I was going for Carnage, I went off on little things and I was like, oh, Flash is Venom. It's very interesting. Let's just go off on a, and this is why it's taken me years because I've just been like, as well as all my Star Wars comics I read and everything else I do in my life. I'm like every, uh, every uh, couple of nights a week, I'm like, let's read comics for an hour or so. Oh, well, Venom just appeared in this comic and he's talking about anti-Venom. What's anti-Venom? And then I go on the internet and I look and I go, oh, there's a whole comic run. It's the evil 20. version of Aunt, Aunt May. Is Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like that's how comics yeah. are clever. They get you in crossovers. And that's what happened with me. So it took me ages to read all of 
That's coffee. when you do it right, though. When they see that, like, oh, this, you know, I've I've always been reading the X Men, but I've never noticed this character Cable. He's got a big gun. He must be interesting. Uh, he's got a metal arm. That's fucking cool. And a, <laughs> and a glowing eye. Again, that's my nineties kid brain. Um, that is instantly cool to me. Um, so so then you go and read it. But yeah, that's that's how you do it. You're like you, you you know sometimes you watch these shows and you're like, oh, they just like. Ham, like ham fisting you just like the fucking um you know just all oh, this character and this and that and this and this and it just doesn't feel as natural but they the comics used to do it in such a subtle way and they'd be like check out this comic here you know issue issue 45 of, i love uh, that you know i love what they, do. they always never do it in star wars but they do a, they've done it once or twice i was like oh it's the yeah. marvel thing well yeah. it's not the only marvel we do it but whenever i read marvel unlimited i see it so much of doing yes the carnage yeah, stuff. it's always like oh by the way have you ever known carnage has appeared in these other 20s stories so <laughs> yeah this this last issue is still selling at local stores buy it now please <laughs> buy it now we're going out of business um they almost did it i mean they always did go bankrupt in the late 90s so mm. marvel believe it or not just like lego as well in the late 90s they almost, really yeah almost went out and that's it wow and, uh, they totally turned that around. Look at them now. We'll never go out of business now either. <laughs> no, Lego not. I mean, there's Lego literally next to me right now. There's a Lego Harry Potter chessboard and a Lego Millennium Falcon. Not Very the biggest, nice. biggest one, one of the smaller ones. Can't afford the biggest, biggest ones. No. Or can't, I can't warrant spending that kind of money. Fair enough. I, 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 I would eventually. I, yeah, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I spent silly money on that Sentinel that I bought, which is uh, still standing behind me somewhere. I'm going um, to America to build a lightsaber that's going to cost me about $250 oh, yeah. dollars. Oh, yeah. So that's going to cost a lot. That's yeah. going to hurt, but not yeah. as much as being torn up by Carnage and all of his <laughs> different implements. He makes mm. the giant knives and stuff. Um, you were, we were. You asked me to watch um, Venom Let There Be Carnage again as well for the particular research for this. Now, I, I'm not a massive fan of that film. I did yeah. really like I did like the first Venom film because I went in with zero expectations. I was like, from what I've heard, this is going to be pretty bad. But actually, I came out and I really quite enjoyed it. I think the relationship between Venom and Tom Hardy is the best thing in those films. Yes. Like, hands down. That's him talking to himself. I could watch that for two hours just straight, just yeah. that. And it's entertaining, it's fun, and the back and forth. It's a great, one of the better comedy duos, I think. In... I, I love both of the Venom movies. Yeah, and and that, and that's 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 good. Um, I disagree. Uh, that's fine. We'll get to it. it. We'll get to it. Um, but I that first one, I remember when it came out, everyone was like, a thing that annoyed me was like, Everyone was like, oh, I expected it to be darker and more violent and, you know, a lot of blood coming out and arms being pulled off and stuff. And I went, if you read those early 90s comics, <laughs> that never happened. They were like, it's so goofy. I was like, if you, Venom is swinging through New York, singing Strangers in the Night. They were always goofy. He was always goofy. Yeah, he's supposed to be this, you know, and the whole chocolate thing and the brains and stuff like that was in tech. That is that original version of the character. And these films always go right. What was the original version of these characters? We're not going to look at this version or that version or this next version or Agent Venom. What was the Eddie Brock version? What were they originally like in those comics? And that is exactly what they gave us in that first Venom film. And to a degree in Let There Be Carnage, I think. But that was that's my take on that. I just had to get that off my chest because I got a bit mad about that. No, it's fine. It's, you know, I, I do think Let There Be Carnage... I probably say I enjoy it more, but I think it's worse than the first one. If you know what I mean, I think as a, as a film, it's kind of almost like I do this. I've done it on Patreon a few times where, when me and Megan rate films, I used to do it a lot more in the early ones. But I'd be like, okay, 
Star Wars. Episode three. What do I rate it personally? Nine out of ten. What is it critically? Probably a seven and a half or an eight. It, being honest with myself. Yeah. Attack of the Clones. I enjoy it. Eight and a half out of ten. What is it? Probably a six and a half or a seven. It, it, even yeah. though I love certain you know. bits, you know, it's like that with, with Venom. I'm like, Venom, good, fun film. And then Let There Be Carnage, they leaned in on certain elements. Hmm. And certain elements worked when they leaned into it. And certain elements didn't. Hmm. And it's just like, you've gone for a goofier Venom and a darker Carnage and you're not going to flush them out and you're going to kind of rush through it all. And it's like, you've got a lot of the backstory and a lot of other information correct. You clearly know the characters, but you're like, mm. we need to introduce this character when we've only established this other character in one movie. We need to establish his antithesis in a movie, get him in it, and get rid of him immediately. And it's like, that's quite a pre-MCU era thing to do, I think. Well, I know in the early MCU movies, they do it with certain characters, but I you think- mean, uh, You mean Sony movies? Yes, true. Mm. But it's like with, I don't like it when they're like, here's a villain and he's dead now. Unless he's, if he's a throwaway, and that's not the point of the story, that's fine. Sure. But the Carnage part, especially when they introduce Shriek and all these other things, you're like, this is, they really wanted Carnage. <laughs> they almost weren't ready for it. They didn't have enough interest in it. And they, they were like, uh they didn't, I think they cut a lot out of this film because it was yeah. it was an hour and a half, which I yeah. thought was surprisingly short. Yeah. And and I've heard there's a lot of stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor. Like apparently Eddie Brock was at St. Esther's or he knew Carnage personally, knew Cletus Cassidy personally, or they had some sort of connection. Um, they never obviously fleshed that out. Uh, there's a lot of kind of, it's very rushed. It feels very rushed. Yes. Again, the stuff in it I like, you know, I like all the hentai stuff with uh with, with Carnage putting his tongue down that guy's throat. It's brutal. Uh, yeah. And that's what that's actually not the first time I because I, I skimmed through uh Venom Lethal Protector, which I think is his first solo series, isn't it? Outside yes, yes. First sort of appearance outside the Spider-Man comics when he's got his own thing. And as you say, it's really goofy. Like he saves someone, he eats them, he doesn't bite their head off or do anything crazy he he puts his tentacles and they kind of go in his throat and the guy gurgles yeah. a bit and then collapses to the floor and, and then he swings away singing to himself and is like thinking i'm such a we've done such a good job here and i'm a like, hero yeah yeah and he's like don't worry woman we've uh, saved you here's your person she's like oh my god this thing has just jumped in front of me with these giant teeth and drooling and, mm. and he's like he's like yeah good job bye it, <laughs> it is that silliness that i, I like but carnage yeah he was a bit i just feel it's too rushed i feel like carnage you need almost a, a lot more yeah, him. he's not a one and done villain. That's the problem. He's got too much. He needs to have an impact in the story. He really needs mm -hmm. to kill someone. That's normally what happens. He needs to actually kill someone that's maybe known to the. I, I, I also think the characterization was a bit off. I, I yeah. do like the the love story with Shriek. I like that yes. idea, and I like Shriek as a character. I really do. Yeah, I think yeah. when I did my underrated Spider Man villains, I put Shriek in my top five. Yeah, she's and great. And um, and my my main issue with his characterization is a one I think I think as much as I would love Woody Harrelson, mm. I think he's too old. Yeah, agree. I think, I think he's far too old. He needs to be needs to be like thin, muscular, lithe. You know, like this this kind of caged he animal. Be, he needs to be that guy um, who plays Cal Kestis in Jedi Fallen Order, who's also in Gotham and plays the young character who then becomes the Joker. Have you played? Have you oh, consumed either of those pieces of content? Yes. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. I played. A, I played Fallen Order. I can't remember his name. Is it Monaghan? Monaghan. I honestly, I should know this uh, because they, they, yeah, they've really they've announced uh, Jedi Fallen Order two and yeah, and he's in it. Yeah, and his Cal Kestis, the Cal, Cal Kestis Ke yeah, guy, him. the Joker he, guy. Well, he played, yeah, he played Joker in Gotham, and he did a yeah. really, really good job of it. And I'm like, he would be perfect for a young mm. Cletus Cassidy. What? Yeah. Maybe he's busy doing something else. Maybe he's doing something else. He's, got, he's got the red hair, and he's young enough. He's phys he physically cold. You have to be cold and like Cletus is like 
his his the way he acts is kind of like he's he's casual but he's very aggressive all the time he's kind of he's so casual and blasé about killing and things mm. but he's trying to also shock people he's trying to pretend he doesn't really care yeah. he's always trying to be like murder and killing and everything and i'm way worse than anyone you've ever imagined i've seen mm. demons i'm from hell and all these other things but he's doing it in a way that's so blasé like he doesn't even care when that's all he is and i just think they didn't they, they come across with that enough mm. and how whenever they were fighting as well in these in both these uh, comic runs i found is that carnage is basically unstoppable he's so hard to, to to kill and get rid of most of the most you know maximum carnage most of it is spider-man gets kicked in the ribs unbelievably hard and can't even fight for the 14 issues he's in that's the thing he's like <laughs> yeah. immediately and that's what even carnage you hurts him in that way it's the doppelganger mm. thing so mm. you're like he gets immediately put down and he's like the whole time he's like i can't fight carnage one-on-one even with venom we can barely fight him and then absolutely it rains up again but in this it was like venom beat him how with the help of his ex-wife's boyfriend fiance with a bit of bit of gasoline a bit of uh a bit of uh fire and the fact that neither of them can ever fucking die they're on the roof to just stabbing each other for about 10 minutes and you're like (laughs) it it makes me feel, feel like a man of steel Hmm. when you've just got Zod and uh, Superman just punching each other through buildings. And you're like, how neither of you are showing any wounds. Nothing's happening. You're just breaking CGI things around you for like 10 minutes. And it's like, I w- if I'm going to watch someone get beaten to a- by a pulp, I want to watch them. Watch Bugs Life the other day. Watch Flick. He gets punched a few times in the face by that crazy grass. He gets some bruising on his eyes and mouth. That made me like, oh God, he's really hurt. In the Venom fight, I was like, he's just it. infinitely being stabbed. There's no... Well, they kind of, they kind of, they kind of write themselves out of that by going, "Oh, anything you break, uh, I break. You fix, um, you yeah. know, my leg and my nose and all this and that." That's, I guess, that's kind of how they do it. But like, what is the limit to that? How, how yeah, far? Yeah, because I thought that... you have to consume things. I thought the idea is like every time you get stabbed, the symbiote has to form cells to w- repair what you've been wounded. So you need to eat because you're consuming those cells that run the symbiote basically or the symbiote just eats you essentially that's the idea yeah. in that they're like let's just stab you a thousand times even though you've not eaten you've literally established in this film you're only letting him eat chicken head brains yeah. that one time at the start of the film and i think that's it until the finale and then you're just like what you're meant to be weaker i thought the whole point is carnage is way stronger than venom and also venom at this point is weakened by food and it's like oh no just stabby stabby stab stab there's no yeah. consequence we'll just whoever figures out how to kill the other one I tell you what I did like about that that finale. I like that it was in a church and it was like a wedding and Vision stuff. Was I loved all that. Um, and I re- what I really loved is that the way that the the clock, the chiming of the clock, mm. every time it chimed, that the symbiotes retreated and yes. the actors again and made I that thought, noise. Yeah, yeah. They, they wiggled. I, I love that, and they kind of like you know, and, and it's just them fighting because I think that's a that's a nice way to get around just it being fucking CGI bullshit. Exactly. But yeah, I also uh, the thing I don't like about the characterization. Just going back to that, he is actually in love with Shriek in this yeah. version. Um, I don't really like that. I like that he has a kind of abusive. Rela- well, it sounds bad. <laughs> I like that he's got an abusive relationship. Uh, no, I don't like that. I don't like abusive relationships. I just. I I don't think the character has any love left in him to yes. to to actually really properly genuinely love anybody. Yeah, um, at all. Cause, yeah, because he's just he's just pawn. Exactly, he's like a sociopath, psychopath. He just sees people as tools and into his agenda and getting what yeah. he does. And she always says about his ego. She always is always flattering him all the time. Yeah. She knows that he could just destroy her immediately. Like, and th- that's what makes their relationship interesting. And I was thinking in this, yeah, it's. 
I think in the film, the problem is, is that they set, they have the characters very separate. That's what the Venom or the mm. Sony Spider Verse is doing. It's being like the symbiote and the person are separate, even when they're together and they're being yes, yes. they're separate. And in the comics, they didn't start doing that till very recently. I think probably in reaction yeah. to the film a bit because it was always like the symbiote be- and you become one. That's when you've got the the right symbiosis. And yeah. Cletus and Carnage went so perfectly. It's in Cletus's blood. He's literally able to metabolize it. Because, and he's actually literally dead in the comics he dies yeah. over and over again but because he gets a tiny amount of symbiote cell it just regrows him because he's in perfect tandem with it he is carnage now he mm. when he bonds with it he stops being cletus and carnage are separate mm. they become one as a being which happens to be the vessel and cletus's personality and backstory in this it's like they're still separate and it has that thing and it's like you've not shown any sign of them having an issue being separate apart from this thing where it's like oh shriek so it's like carnage wants to kill her because weakness but uh especially woody harrison but cletus doesn't and it's their separation it's like yeah that's the problem i think the way we're finding here I, I i i get why they do it in regards to the story that they're trying to tell with venom that they just don't get on they're they're not friends they're breaking up they're you know going their own ways trying to get their things but actually they're they are actually stronger together mm-hmm. and obviously these two characters uh, carnage and cletus are very separate yeah. and that's the whole point they're like that's why they don't work because mm-hmm. he's too into shriek and he's into killing um, <laughs> uh, that's that's it i mean they're both very into killing but yeah, that that was that's you put it exactly. You hit the nail on the head. What I was going to say it was like in the comics, the character is the perfect symbiosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Venom refers to it, refers to himself or themselves as we, yeah. um, and Carnage just says I, because it's just it's just one being at this point because they are because the that's what the symbiote brings out in people, and that's who Cletus Cassidy is, and that was my, one of my other main issues with it. Um, but yeah, I'd like. I don't. I don't think I. I don't hate it, but I don't. Yeah. I. I don't love it. I don't think I'll probably go back to it again. Really, unless somebody was like, "Let's do a marathon of this," or someone asked me to talk about it for a podcast. I don't think I would probably go back to it. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, I, I was going to say the last thing because then we'll get off the movie and talk about the actual comics. Sure. But I'd say, I think what the main thing is, I'm not one to say, "Oh, it's like this in the comics, so it shouldn't be like this in no. the movie." I think the problem is with. It's just when you downplay, like they kind of did with Galactus in Fantastic Four yes. too. It's like, yeah, yeah. if you're going to have a villain of that power and that magnitude, you have to have a, a huge amount of something to beat it. And with uh, with Carnage, it was like, oh, it's just Venom being smart. And it's like, but in all the comics and everything, he's so, he's not even like he's more powerful than Venom. He will literally destroy Venom and over and over again. And Venom has to team up with his, for the most part to begin with, his worst enemy, Spider-Man just to even be able to fight Cletus with any hope. And all these in all the comic forms, it's like, he's just unstoppable. That's the problem. They keep locking him up and he keeps getting out. When he gets out, it's just so hard to get him back. That's the problem with Carnage. And that's one of the reasons I think he's such a cool villain. But in in this, they're like, oh, let's bring him in and then kill him immediately. And you're like, but what they should have done is had him in the third film, had Tom Holland Spider-Man or Andrew Garfield Spider-Man really is now probably what it's going to hopefully be, maybe Amazing Spider-Man 3, Venom 3, don't know. Um, Have... Andrew Garfield Spider-Man would be cool, come into Venom 3 and they both have to fight Carnage. And it establishes maybe at the end of Venom 2 that there was like a, maybe a post-credit scene or anything. Yeah. You know, something like that, they just all get the symbiote to go, f- I suppose the first film was with someone else. But it's it just like, if you're just going to keep doing symbiote stuff, I yeah. guess you kind of have well, to, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't I, know I want. <laughs> I, I mean, like them both. I mean, there's a, I mean, all of the, a lot of the characters from Maximum Carnage, I actually think would make decent Venom villains. 
But yes, I, I I just, you know, they just seem to not want to do that. They want to, Tony wants to turn all their bloody villains into heroes for some reason. Um, but I they think don't want to do team ups because they don't yeah, want to like if they had everything. Yeah, exactly. Like like thinking like Carrion with his like, you know, his decaying touch and things on Venom, that would be really fucking painful because it's all, yeah. you know, on his skin and stuff. And you could still get away like it goes up and then, you know, Brock has to fight him or something. You know, there's there's something there. Demo goblin, that would be, you know, a very kind of left turn, but it would be interesting. And, you know, even Shriek, for example, just on her own would have been interesting because that would have been again a real challenge. I think- the end of that with Shriek, you then introduce it to Carnage at the end. And then yeah, the third sure. film, then the reveal is Spider-Man or someone has to come help Venom. Also, another thing I didn't like. So so I want to ask you about all the other symbiotes. So obviously we know Venom and we know Carnage are the kind of the two top dogs, but are, do you like any of the other kind of symbiote characters like Scream or? I like you know? Scream. Yeah. Kind of Toxin's all right. I've not read a huge amount of Toxin, but I know Toxin's made me even more powerful than, you know, the other ones. Cause they're like, I've got some notes of like trivia for fans like me. Whereas like Venom is the 998th in the lineage of, from the first symbiote. And then Carnage is his spawn. So he's the 999th and therefore Toxin is the thousandth. Uh, so he's in theory, the most powerful, but whenever he's introduced, he doesn't really seem to be that much. So no. Toxin was okay. Uh, Scream, I really like. Uh, I, I liked Scream when she was first introduced in Separation Anxiety, I think the first one was. Um, but then when she, in Absolute Carnage, when the uh, character who... Mania. Mania, Mania yeah, I can't remember what her name was. And I want to say Andy Benton. I'm going to say... I think you're right, yeah. I think yeah. I was, yeah, yeah, Andy and I, yeah. So I like her character. I, I like it when you've got... Because we've got Carnage, perfect symbiosis. He's just killing everything all the time. You've got Brock, who's the broken man. He doesn't really want Venom, but kind of needs him, that sort of thing. You need to... To have a character interesting, you need to have a different sort of dynamic between them. And Andy Benton and Scream have got a very interesting, they're just interesting together. But I think Flash and Flash and Venom was my favorite interaction. But the other ones, we don't get that much. I know that in the extreme carnage thing, which was the next thing I was going to embark on after the King in Black, but I've taken yeah. a break from that. There's like Riot and Phage and the other ones who were in separation anxiety and pop up again. But I've not really there's a sleeper as well, which is in absolute carnage, the, the one that then becomes people should it's minor spoiler because it's kind of modern ish but the uh, dylan uh, which is eddie brock's son he gets a symbiote who's met venom before and he then becomes like a venom thing and i think 2020 or 2021 run of venom comics where they're both they're both venom so it's like there's a lot uh so in short, there is there is i don't know do you uh what about you um, I've, you know, I've, I've read pretty much a lot, a lot of symbiote stuff. Cause again, I've kind of, that's kind of my bread and butter a little bit as yeah. a Spider-Man fan. I think it's one of the first villains that you as a Spider-Man fan would take a bit more seriously. It's a little less goofy than a lot of the other ones. As much as I love the other ones, I love the older comics. I think when I was growing up, that was the thing. Like Maximum Carnage was fucking everywhere. Yeah. And I did, and then I still didn't read it for like 10, 15 years because I couldn't get a fucking copy of it. Save my yeah, life. Because you have to get, with these, you know, you have to get 14 issues. Yes. And there's Unlimited 1, Unlimited 2, and then you have to get three of Web of, three of Amazing Spider-Man, three of Spider-Man, and then also three of Spectacular Spider-Man. It's like, what? And and again, back then, there wasn't eBay, there wasn't things like that, it wasn't Amazon. I, I would literally have to go to a comic book shop and, like, pick them 
and then hope they were all there, the ones I needed. So it's it's much easier now. Again, with digital comics as well, you can pick up this stuff and read it. But yeah, I couldn't get a copy. I don't think they reprinted it until that time anyway, which mm. was, again, a good 10, 15 years after the event. I think Toxin was okay as a, as a character. Scream, I think, was okay as well. It depends, I think. I think it's mostly Venom and Carnage all the time. Yeah. And I think they do have to introduce these other characters and stuff. Um I think I think there's there's something to be said about symbiotes. Like I I always complain about overexposure of characters. Yeah. Because I just think you need to just let them lie for a little bit. Like you just need to just not have them just constantly there. Like we've only just got Obi-Wan back after God knows how many years. And it's been for the most part good. I know you've done you've done yours and you've done your podcast and I've done my YouTube with the attention seeking geek and we're getting back together for Andor, don't worry. Um, but you know, there's a there's a lot to be said for just constantly like spamming you with stuff. Like Batman and Joker for me are like just like like constantly just yeah. being thrown in my face. I'm just like, fuck, I just want something. Yeah. It doesn't have those things in just for a little bit. I love Batman. I love Joker. I love Carnage. I love Venom. I do think Marvel has gone a little too hardcore a little bit with the, the symbiote stuff. And I think that's one of uh, Dennis's criticisms as well. Hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I still I still don't hate it. You know, I still don't. It's not, it's not the worst thing I've ever read. And, and you know, neither of these events are the worst events I've ever read. No, they're, not, they're not the greatest events I've ever read, but they're enjoyable. They're fun. Um, you know, there's some some cheesy stuff in them, but but I like them. But yeah, there's there's something to be said for sometimes just maybe just cooling off, cooling your heels on a character. And I think I think maybe after the King in Black, maybe they should maybe pull back a little bit on the old symbiotes a little bit because there's been, I guess that's kind of the finale of this kind of saga and the story because that's what comes after, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I, I wanted to do Road to Absolute Carnage, and I was like, this is going to be a big hopefully finale sort of event and it's, they're going to air quotes kill carnage and then he won't appear for years but they didn't do that what they did was they did the king in black which i haven't read because after doing all the road traps at carnage and all that sort of stuff i was like, I need to have a break from reading all the symbiote yeah, stuff because fair enough <laughs> carnage although he's a very interesting character you can only really use him once maybe twice Pro- like properly yeah you know in comics you've got a lot more space to do weird and wonderful things but really you have to have some other character you can't just when you just have carnage by himself it doesn't really work and so you have to have him bouncing off other characters but the problem is he, he will kill everyone all the time so you've only got a finite amount of stories you can actually do carnage interacting with others so it's and a, a finite amount of victims as well or people you can kill or maim or injure because he is a serial killer he's gonna turn something into a knife and stab you that's a certainty enough exactly. to, if you spend enough time around him that's what's going to happen that is the end game yeah. you know and and i think you're right it's the same with any arch villain i think green goblin uh red skull if you have them in every issue it's not interesting there's no build-up there's no it's not like oh, he's back you know yeah uh, it's the same with the, the joker events just constantly yeah. There's a Joker. There was a Joker War not so long ago, and there's a Joker this and a Joker that. And I'm like, what? What? What else can you tell me about the Joker that I've not that's not already been said a million times over? You know. And in a way, Carnage is because the Joker always professes to be this like I'm chaotic, I'm anarchy, <laughs> and all this. But actually, Carnage is actually a better representation of 100%. anarchy of Carnage because Joker plots and plans everything. You look at the Dark Knight. 
everything he does in that is meticulously planned. Oh, yeah. It's brilliant. There is, it's brilliant. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy it. I love it. But he's professing to be this chaotic, you know, manic person. And I'm like, no, you've planned everything to the minutest detail. <laughs> that is not chaos. That is not anarchy. But, but Carnage, and especially in these stories that we've read, he's literally just cutting a swath. And he doesn't care. He injures, he kills, he maims, dismembers, whatever. And he doesn't give. He's pulling. I mean, he's pulling out spines in absolute carnage. Oh yeah, that's his end game. He's like, right, you got a nice, tasty spine. Let's have that. Well, he and, literally does it to Shriek as well. He literally yeah. kills Shriek, and you're like, okay, that's happened. Obviously, she comes back in the form. But and, and again, that goes to our point where he doesn't fucking care about Shriek. No. He never, he never did. Because well, in just carnage, they're him. always fighting. One of the notes I've got here is in absolute in maximum carnage. Hmm. There's always fight. There's in fighting on both sides. There's oh, constantly absolutely. in fighting, and both on the air quotes good side with Spider Man and on the um, bad side with Carnage. But there's infighting a lot. But Carnage, whenever Doppelganger would stop at a line and Shriek would, you know, try and tell Carnage to back off a little bit, he would then just fuck them both up completely. He would just and he would hold like a knife to Shriek's throat and make her beg for her life and say, "You are." the ultimate you are the one you are the, the the leader of this you are the captain and she has to say yes or he will literally he will kill her right there and he and there's no remorse so he has to be a big event he has to be something important and i think these two have done great jobs of that of as much of the characters i don't think he's the best character in comics or anything like that i just think he has the i think as shown in with maximum absolute with, with a character like spider-man who is so anti-killing mm. he is the one character which is just like why have you not killed him spider-man i know the other characters kill him I know it's against Spider-Man's thing, but it's kind of like with the Batman with the Joker. At a certain point, yeah. you go, how many of your friends and how many massacres, how many thousands upon thousands of people do you have to watch him hand kill mm. before you go, maybe just this once? Because he's literally no remorse. It's impossible to keep him held up. And he just keeps culling people. Like the Joker kills a lot of people, but normally the Joker's kind of like, he has a big plan. It doesn't really go, but he kills people along the way. A few security guards, or he tests gases on people, or stabs one of Batman's best mates a few times. Things like that. Whereas Carnage is like every hour that Spider-Man isn't stopping him, tens if not hundreds of people are just being slaughtered, just constantly, all the time. And that's what they show in Maximum Carnage loads. Yeah, where show a lot of that. Yeah, the the heroes. There's it's some great scenes where the heroes are like, "I am abs- my body is absolutely ruined." And I need to rest. I need to sleep. But if I don't go out, people are literally getting killed by the minute. Yes. Uh, and they feel guilty about that. And they feel guilty about not doing anything. And they feel bad about uh, not not killing Carnage and ending all of this. But before we go into that, I just want to do yeah. the reasons for our comparison. Okay. Because I feel like we're going into it. We're yeah, going. let's do it. Let's do so it. So I probably should have mentioned this earlier, but we got we, we had to get some of the stuff out that you wanted to say. Um, so uh, I have just gone off the page with my notes, but I'm going back to it now. <laughs> so uh, both events revolve around Carnage, requiring Spider-Man and Venom to put aside their differences to stop him. Both feature Carnage gaining new abilities to assist him in his chaotic quest. Both feature a whole host of guest stars. Both feature the introduction of new characters or reworking of old ones. Many of the same characters featured in the first event return for the second. And both had video game tie-ins with Spider-Man and Venom, Maximum Carnage, a Marvel future fight. So Maximum Carnage, let's go, Mike. What did you have to say? Was it maximum enough for you? Uh, Yes and no. I find it's the same with 
on my on my show Star Wars Comics in Canon. Find it on Comics in Motion um, or on Genuine Chit Chat's YouTube channel. Um, when on that, I did the War of the Bounty Hunters crossover event, and that was thirty four issues all in all. Um, and so there's like six main of the main story, and then all the companion issues and etc. that go with it. And it was fun, but of thirty four, you probably only needed about half those. You know, maybe maybe 26, 27, 28, maybe a push, but there was about five or six of them. And you're like, you don't, this isn't doing anything new. You're just saying the same story from a different perspective. But obviously it's because they're like, you need to be able to read all of Dr. Afra and things still make sense. But when everyone's in the exact same place all at once, you're just reading the same thing from a different perspective, but everyone can hear each other. So you're literally just seeing the same (laughs) panels. When you've got that happening a bit, it's, which I think Absolute Carnage manages to get away from for the most part. But um, with, sorry, with Absolute Carnage, I managed to get away from with maximum i basically wrote down that all of the apart from the last one of the three peter parker spectacular spider-man those ones were the weakest because i found that the first and second ones of those they were just nothing really happened and i found that this 14 issue thing it was cool to read it but it took a while and i feel like this is probably just an eight or ten issue story you know i think if they did eight issues it could really cut the fat and make it really tight but i i found that although this was a lot of fun and I really do enjoy it. And it's definitely worth a read if people haven't read it. And I don't know how, how on earth anyone read it back in the 90s. Jesus Christ. I literally tried Before they did the reading list on Marvel Unlimited, it was hard enough trying to Google it to try and find out. And that's with the internet on my side. Um, but there was just a couple of issues. You just read it and you go, this is inconsequential. You just, it felt like it was like, oh, you can't have the finale in Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man number two. You can't have it when we've got all these things built up. And so when it starts and it goes, you know, Maximum Carnage event, one out of 14, it's like, as soon as you tell me there's 14 of them, I'm like, well, there's nothing interesting is going to happen. There's going to be three or four interesting at the start. There's going to be a lull, something major in the middle. There's going to be another lull. And then there's going to be something major in the end. You've got these areas, these pockets where you can't do anything extreme because it's too on the peripheral, if you know what I mean. And that it happens a little bit in this one, in a couple of issues. Um, but I still really enjoy it. Yeah, I, I agree. There are a couple, I mean... It is a little repetitive. I think both events actually are quite repetitive. Yes. I think uh, for the most part, it is Carnage turns up, he kills some people, defeats the heroes, they run away. All the heroes defeat him, he runs away, kills more people, rinse and repeat. Yes. A new hero enters the fray, a new villain enters the fray. You know, it's a lot of that. And again, it's not the worst I've ever seen of this done, but it is that. And I think. We'll get into absolute carnage later, but I think there is a lot of repetition there as well with carnage going after the the codices. Um, and yeah, so there, there is something to be said. I think you are right. I think it could have been cut down. But I think, because obviously there's like, has to be five different Spider-Man cycles. At once. <laughs> At and, once. Yeah, and, that, and, this, and this is introducing Spider-Man Unlimited. So that's yeah. the first part and the last part of Spider-Man Unlimited. So they're clearly like, please buy this one book uh, <laughs> over all the other Spider-Man books that are going on. You know, even though they've got better writers and artists on, don't don't go there, come come here. These Because I think it was, a, if I remember rightly, Spider-Man Unlimited was a bigger one, maybe an anthology yeah. book. It was definitely thicker um, yeah. of, of these ones. But I'll quickly say with these as well, I don't understand how they had five Spider-Man comics going on because they're all set at the same time as well. They're not all turned at Spider-Man. That's, yeah. That doesn't... That that's a te- totally separate conversation. <laughs> yeah. These are the same Peter Parker in the same, and the events continue. And you're like, how have you got five stories happening in the space of two days that are all individual enough to make sense, but 
separate and separate enough to make sense in their own thing, but also not contradicting each other enough. Like, how does he have any time? And you're like, oh, he just beat Scorpion in this run. And then you turn and it's like, and that my next comic got delivered this month. What's Spider-Man doing? He's fighting Venom. It's like, but he he was literally fighting Scorpion two hours ago. What's happening? And it, it, I just don't know how they did it. Uh, well, I, I always like Off-line. to think of this, the, the, the Wolverine superpower, when he was managing to be not only on the Avengers, but every other X-Men team book at that time like and he's like he's like how do you and they even mentioned it in like comics they're like how do you split your time he's like i've got a great file of facts <laughs> you know, i've got a great calendar i've got a receptionist i, I don't know i've got a pa um and i was i'm just like yeah it's, i just kind of go and then obviously and then there was the in maximum carnage there's the classic Oh, we should go to the Avengers or the Fantastic Four. Oh, they're out of town on an adventure. Sorry, they can't turn up. That's the classic one. Like, why don't they step in and help? And 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 that argument came into the movies as well and like the TV shows. I remember Andy was like, I can't watch Agents of Shield because I'm just thinking, why doesn't fucking Thor turn up? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, Andy, but he's on an adventure. He's on a different adventure. It's like, it's not good enough reason. I need to know <laughs> what's he doing. He should be here to every the world. There's a sky portal. And I'm like, it's just comics, mate. This is gonna happen. <laughs> this is this is universe stuff for you. Love it or loathe it. It's it's what you got to kind of you got like you do. Like you're like I'm an apologist, but you're also like a big apologist for stuff. Uh, and that's my I just go. Ah, they're off on another adventure. They're they're on a holiday. They're going away somewhere. I mean, I have to do the same. You think of if you look at Luke Skywalker, literally just in the canon of the last uh, eight years of content with books, uh, adaptate. There's books. There's comics. And also, obviously, recent live action series kind of t- tapering. But if you look at the content between episodes four and six, obviously you've got the movies, but then you look at the books that have come out and the series of comics, and you're like, how did Luke have any time to do anything? I'm like, they're not going to be able to continue writing Luke's stories in that time frame for the next, if they want to do stars forever, in 10, 20 years, they literally will be unable to. I mean, now they're pretty scraping the barrel, but it's like, how much more can we make a Luke story grow in a short time without him growing too much so that the consequence, the next story makes sense and Empire Strikes Back, he's still kind of useless-ish. But we've got three years to play with, but also these comics take place over those three years quite tight. We've also got five other miniseries and you're like, what is happening? So, sorry, that was a massive side thing, but that's what Spider-Man ha- ha- yes, happens to Spider-Man. Yes, absolutely. Spider-Man I, I, again, is Luke Skywalker, there we yeah, go. Yeah, it's, it's the exact same thing. But again, it goes into what I was saying about overexposure. It's like yes. P- Punisher had like five titles at this time as well because he was peak popularity in Spider-Man and a lot of others. And it's just like, yeah, I get it. But I mean, one would be fine. One is enough. Like, Just make it one really good one. <laughs> like I remember when they did the the Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man, when they did that, they decided to focus more on Peter Parker. That's why they called it Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, because it was more about his personal life, his education, his friends, his family. Yeah, there was still Spider-Man and stuff, but that wasn't the main focus or focal point of that series. So that makes sense. Like if you're doing something slightly different or there's a slightly different take, fair enough. Um, Like Web of Spider-Man, I actually own that uh, number one, that issue, and it's got the uh, symbiote suit and these on the church and the painted Charles Vest cover. I own that. Uh, I found it in like Blackpool for like 20 quid. I was like, having this? put that in a way somewhere i'm sure it'll, it's probably not worth that much to be honest but but i love it that i've got that somewhere it's in my mum somewhere in the in the annals of comics that have all piled up in her garage um hopefully they're being uh, kept in good condition thanks mum uh, <laughs> uh, please please keep them in good condition uh, 
don't throw them away. <laughs> uh, but like that's that, and that that was when that's when Spider Man has that battle with the symbiote as well. And this is another thing about that original Alien costume saga stuff that a lot of people misinterpret. When he had the suit on him, he didn't get aggressive or angry or violent. It, the suit took him out for like joy swings, and you know, and and he wake up in the he wake up in the morning. He's like, I'm knackered. Why am I knackered? It's because the the suit's been going and and you know doing superheroics and stuff. Um, but there was never any of that thing. He did find out it was alive, and that's obviously when it got aggressive and was like, I'm bonding with you permanently. But before that, I didn't give any of that. It was only the animated series when they did when they introduced Venom and Hank Azaria playing Venom. Um, sounds weird saying that, but he did. Um, <laughs> But um, he played Venom, and and again they made, and that's when they were like, right, let's. We know Venom is coming because at that point they didn't know they were going to do Venom. Mm. I think the idea was that the symbiote was going to go on like Doc Ock and all the villains and make them more powerful. Um, and I'm not even going to get into the creation of Venom because or who actually created Venom because that's a fucking minefield anyway. Um, but uh, you look it up yourself. It's it's a big long story. Uh, however, um, it was yeah the animated series that said oh Spider Man gets aggressive and angry and and it's bad for him and he has to get it off because he's hurting people. Uh, like again, that was the animated series and that was my kind of gateway into Venom as well because I, that's why I saw and then I saw it on the comic. I was like, well, I've got to get the one with Venom on it because I love Venom. Uh, and, I, and I did. I even covered it for the podcast as well. We did a commentary on it. Um, I just, I just, I, I love that character. So I definitely, I'm definitely feeling the symbiote love tonight, especially from yourself. I think we're uh, two, two of a pair, if you will. A little symbiosis going on. Anyway, back to Maximum Carnage. Uh, see, I'm going on my own tangents. So here we go. Good. How we do it. <laughs> so uh, yes. Yeah, so so the basic premise of Maximum Carnage is that Carnage is. He's being transferred to a place and they're going to test some anomaly in his blood. Um, somebody's like, oh, I've you know done this and I've moved into this maximum security or minimum security. And he's like, yeah, cool. I love people and killing. And then they're like, let me take some of your blood. And then out of the blood comes the symbiote. Or because they, they don't in the comic, they don't say it's the actual original symbiote. They say that it's some sort of mutant duplicate or something. They say that Carnage died, but he's, yeah. he's got like a cell of Carnage which just created a new Carnage. You're like, but it's the exact yeah. same in every single way. Yes. Why did you say it then? Yeah, why don't you just say, oh, it was in his blood and it's always been in his blood and never left, or it stayed in his blood after it was killed. Yeah. Or I don't know, something it's like that. Bizarre, but still. But, like, it's, it's new, but it's the same, but it, but but different, but but new. Anyway, event. <laughs> And then he meet obviously escapes, meet Shriek, and then um, what do you what do you think of? I was talking about those villains before as kind of good Venom villains. What do you think of the the Carnage family as they call it? All the different weird characters. Yeah, because I've got um, I've got some of the characters written here. Uh, if I can go through them, so we've absolutely got Carnage, she, uh, Shriek, uh, Doppelganger, uh, which is a very a bizarre one, and then you've also got um, you've got Carry On, so you've got Demo, Demo Goblin. And then you've also got Carry On, and then mm. that's that's. But the main ones is is Shriek Carnage, and when they adopt, they're quite doppelganger. That's kind of the main ones. Then Demo uh, Goblin and Carry On kind of come into it very briefly, and then just kind of Demo Goblin not as much. He's in for a few issues. Carry On's just like, hi, there's a guy who can suck the life force out of people. Can he? Mm. And he's gone. <laughs> so, okay, <Yeah. laughs> he's cured. He's cured. Yeah, it's a. Uh, Again, that's a long that carry on's backstory is quite a long story, and it kind of ties into the the clone saga and stuff, which me and Dennis were going to going to do, but he didn't read it, so <laughs> I 
did. Yeah, right. He let me re- he let, yeah, he let me read the whole thing and then he went, Yeah, I haven't read it, but I read this other comment you gave me. Oh, che- cheers, Dennis. Thanks. <laughs> I will do it some other time. I was like, no, because I read it and you didn't. It's not happening. <laughs> anyway. I refuse. Uh, but I quite like Carrion as a character and I like I like that idea. Um and again, like I'll, I'll be honest. If if you if you don't know these villains or their backstory, the the comic does not fill you in. No, it, it really doesn't. Like I was like uh, with Demogoblin, I was like I remember when I was first reading these through, and I was like, mm. oh, let's look up you know, these characters. I wanted to get to know the comic universe in a little sure. bit, uh, and do what I, how I first was getting into Star Wars and why I initially started my podcast about it. It's because I was just like, why don't I just tell people what I do anyway? Just look up a character, go down <laughs> a, you know, a wiki uh, rabbit hole of characters, mm. and I did it with uh, I did it with Doppelganger. I was like, what the hell is this thing? I was like, oh, he brought it back when he brought back the symbiote suit or something. And he was fighting them. I was like, okay, I've read that stuff very much. I've read, you know, uh, the bits of when uh, Spider-Man first got the suit and then the Venom part. I've read that part, but I haven't read the in-between yeah. very much. And then I was like, okay, cool. Demo Goblin. I was like, oh, is that to do with the Green Goblin? And you look into it and you're like, what the fuck? And you just like, and it's like, his origin story is this. But about 10, 20 years after that, they released this one, which changes his backstory to slightly before that, right? But there's another one that does it. Yeah. It's like the later you go on, the more backstory mm. and you're trying to read it and you're like, but this reading this in one wikipedia article where it's about four paragraphs to try and explain 40 years or this maybe with the demogon it's, it's point, yeah 20 it, years it doesn't just like, it, yeah it's not possible treating it now is harder because the, when max uh maximum carnage came out in the 90s and you read the wiki page on demo goblin now it's hard to see where it was at the point mm. of writing this comic so you're like who is this how much do i need to yeah. know about this character and then they're gone and you oh there's like and that's that's the problem i think is is i think some people do think that they're like i can know a character just by reading the wikipedia page it's like not really like if unless you're actually like it's a good kind of cliff notes don't get me wrong like if you need just to get some quick information for a podcast or whatever like wikipedia is fine you know just yeah i've got the bare bones of the character but it doesn't tell you like what their experience was what their story was you know and again like if if you watch the read the wikipedia of maximum carnage it's very much like carnage escapes teams up with shriek uh and you know and goes on a killing spree spider-man turns up Harry Osborne is dead. He's mourning his death. You know, it's just going to be the very bare bones sort of thing. Yeah. You don't experience that. This art form, this comic, it's not meant to be experienced as a Wikipedia page. Yeah. So if you are going to read something, fucking read it. And that's that's my thing. And that was the thing I had with Dennis. I was like, I know I've seen YouTubers who get one person on, they read one comic, and then everyone just jumps in and makes jokes as they explain the comic, even though they haven't read it. And it drove me fucking insane to see that. And I was like, just all read the book because you're making jokes out of context. It doesn't make any sense. It's and you're just annoying. And and it was all it was one woman who'd read it and all these other blokes. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> it's like it's like that. It was like that. You know that that porn image of the one woman sat there and all the blokes stood behind. Her. I was like, this is feeling a bit weird. Um, <laughs> so anyway, back back to the comic. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, it's a it's a, it's an interesting mix of characters, and they're very again very nineties, very lethal, um, very kind of demonic. A lot of sharp, pointy teeth as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Doppelganger is kind of scary, but it's like, oh, it, it's literally like, oh, it's basically a copycat of Spider-Man, but it's stronger and with teeth. It's like, oh, so it's Venom. No, it can't talk at all, and it has an extra pair of arms. It's like, okay. Uh, and then you move on from that. It's like, this is just a brawn character, just kind of space fill. But Shriek, I really liked. I, I like her in the in, in uh, Maximum Carnage, and I really like her in Let There Be Carnage. But in Maximum, it's she, you kind of get enough of her backstory, I think, because I think she's yes. introduced in this, but then you- She is, yeah. 
there's then content afterwards. Once again, I was like, oh, I, I remember when I was looking stuff up about her. I was like, oh yeah, after I'd read this, I was like, oh, and then what about a backstory? And it was like, oh, there wasn't that much. And I think since then they've really there's been a few comics about Shriek uh, prior, or the wiki page has been updated with that information. Um, but I found she was interesting and introduced, obviously because it's her first introduction. You don't need there's not this huge amount of baggage backstory, and she's very interesting. And in when she's in a fight, the fact that they could kind of use her. She's Carnage's greatest weakness while also being a good weapon against Venom. So mm. it's a very clever device there, like plot device. And she's also an interesting character. She is that kind of, you know, she's similar to Carnage in a lot of ways, but it works, but she is still terrified of him. She's basically yeah. self-preservation to the, she is a psychopath and she does enjoy killing people, but Carnage is the one pushing her to be like, you need to kill one person every few minutes or I'm going to kill you. And it's like, I will self-preserve myself and I'm happy to kill. So, and I think with her, it's like, even for her, because Carnage is always going every issue. And it's like, oh, this we need to keep going. We need to keep going. And she's like, okay, yeah, mm. don't need to rest. Let's keep on killing. <laughs> yep, let's keep going. I just fought Spider-Man like eight times in the space of an hour. I don't even know how it's happened in this space, but I've done it. And now, because yeah, I don't even know how many, it's, it's only over like two days or something, because I only sleep once. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I'd like to think I try because they don't really state how long it's been, but I think you are right. I think it is a couple of days because mm. I was hoping it was like a week, but I think I think you are right. I think time scale wise, it, they only really sleep. I mean, they they, they rest, but I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I I think they only probably sleep about once, and it's quite it's quite interesting to see the kind of. Now, what, what's interesting about Maximum Carnage is obviously comics were quite dark at this time and becoming really violent and grim and gritty. You know, the Watchmen and Dark Knight had happened. So everyone was like, everyone learned the wrong lessons from those stories. Instead of, of instead of telling adult, compelling, complex stories, they went, we need more blood and nudity. <laughs> we need this. This is what the kids want. Um, and, and so that's what they did. And Maximum Carnage kind of fed into that but but uh jm demateus who was writing the spectacular spider-man uh he was like i'm not interested i'm not this is not my kind of story i'm not into what the kids are into now or what the comic book industry thinks is popular i'm not interested but the the editor was like no that's the whole point what we're trying to say here is that the bad guys are bad and some of these other people are fairly bad you know there's still hope and there's still like you can be a good person you can fight the odds you can you know, batter it down. We're not embracing this violence or this grim, um, gritty outlook. You know, heroes are still heroes and villains are still villains. And I appreciate that message throughout because it was kind of, and it's kind of risky a little bit at the time because obviously it's it's weird because they're steering into that skit. They're going, oh, we're going to do a big violent event with a serial killer in a Spider-Man book over five books. Uh, but we're also still going to have this message within it, which I, mm. which I quite appreciated. Obviously, with Absolute Carnage, it's not really a message per se. It's just kind of... Carnage? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it is Absolute Carnage. There we um, go. But there you go. Um, but I did, I did quite appreciate that they were coming at that. And I think that's what kind of makes the story. Do they hit me over the head with it quite a bit? Sure. Do they bang on about it a lot? Yeah, I get it. But I think it does make the story a bit more compelling and a bit more interesting. And again, I love the switching of the sides and the changing of minds. Like that bit where Firestar, Spider-Man tells Firestar just to pour on Carnage with a microwave energy and just be like, I'm going to kill him. And then he just turns around and goes, no, don't do it. Actually, don't do it. Sorry. <laughs> 
And she's like, okay. And then Venom's like, you dickhead. Punches <laughs> him and stuff. The whole um, time Venom's trying to like kill Carnage and Spider-Man's trying to not kill Carnage. And Venom's like, what are you doing? Just kill him. And then, you know, by the end of it, Venom's like, fine, I won't kill him. Fine, I won't. And I'm just, there is a part of me, I know it's Spider-Man's ethos, and they sure. can make the exception, but I am like, I genuinely believe Peter Parker is directly responsible for everything that happens after Maximum Carnage. I don't, it's, I, I think I Don't tell him that, he'll cry. It's like with Batman and Joker. I know yeah. in the three Jokers, which I won't spoil how, but, and it's a really, really good comic. I recommend people read uh, The Killing Joke and then, which most people read, but reread The Killing Joke and then Three Jokers. It's a very, very compelling story. I really enjoy it. Talk about too much Joker stuff. In that, it does give a, an explanation as to why Batman may not uh, kill Joker, sure. which I thought was quite good. But it's still that thing where it's like, if you watch someone murder people over and over again, there's no remorse, there's no way to conceal them, and you literally cannot hold them in a prison, in real life, after a certain point, you do get to that thing where you're like, we, we have to, we have to kill them. Like, I, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm just like, with Carnage, hmm. there's no, there's none of that thing where it's like, oh, you know, maybe they didn't kill them, maybe they're being framed. You literally are watching Carnage, literally slice through people laughing about it and bragging about it. And then you lock him up and then he constantly escapes. And you're like, I'm not saying public execution, but Spider-Man only needs to punch him a certain amount too many times. I know, it, I know it goes against Spider-Man. It's quite a controversial sure, opinion. Sure. But I just think the carnage at certain points in this, I know that's the clever of the struggle. And I know you can see that with Spider-Man, the struggle. And everyone else is saying to him, why can't you kill him? But I, I, I think that's maybe the point of superheroes and Captain America and Batman, where it's that thing of like, I can't... I, if I was a superhero, I wouldn't kill, generally. Yeah. But I would not say never. If someone you'd, has, you'd if someone avoid has, it. Yeah, I'd avoid it. Or, you know, I'd want people to be in prison. I want people to suffer for their crime and face punishment or whatever just or penance where however which way just be locked up I, i'm not one for capital punishment necessarily but there is a point where you're like you know what you do though mike you do like the sam raimi spider-man does if you just jump out of the way the villains will kill themselves anyway <laughs> they do all do that that's yeah. it that's what exactly what happens he just jumps out of the way and they all die yeah i mean that's the that's the spider-man get out of jail free card that's how they do it in a lot of the avengers movies which i found mm. in the mcu um, they were going a bit more like, we need this bad guy to be dead, but we don't really want to watch one of our characters beat them to death and they have no superpower. What should we do? Let's make the villain fight them in a building or a facility and the building just explodes or falls on them. And you're like, but did they kill them in that way? Isn't they, are they somewhat responsible? No, no, they they just didn't explicitly save them. But there's <laughs> a bit like is Batman that not, Begins. Batman yeah. Begins where it's like, I, don't, I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. But I am kind of killing you. <laughs> yeah, I'm blowing the entire <laughs> structure we're on in the mountains. I'm blowing that whole thing up and sitting on fire. So, you know, you'll probably, you might be able to get out, but I'm also going to fight you as we try and leave. <laughs> I'm going to try and knock you out. I'm also going to have military grade weapons on my car and flying bird, whatever it is, <laughs> hover, hover jet, um, and potentially at least give you, like, is it worse if you get crippling life, you know? life-ruining injuries or dying? What, what do you think it would here's, be worse? Here's my controversial answer. Go on. If you're in England or Canada or somewhere of public health care, I would think it's okay. I think <laughs> if you're in America and you have to pay for it, or you go back bankrupt and you're crippled. No, thank you. you know. I mean, I mean, I'm, I wonder how New York ha ha handled maximum carnage when it's chopping people <laughs> <Not> up. well. <laughs> They're like, ah, help me. That'll be $500, please. $500? <laughs> or with amputated limb? Have you been to America? <laughs> I don't know. Five I don't thousand. know. Are you on the hospital bed? What, for two nights? You greedy fuck. $1,000. What? <laughs> what did you say? That's what? a slight exaggeration, but... 
it, uh, oh, without insurance. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you need to have your insurance. Oh, that's fine. Okay, how much is my uh, how much is my excess, which I think there is called deductible? It's like, oh, it's it's a couple do, of thousand. Do you think do you think there is insurance for superheroes in the in the Marvel universe? I think. Do you think they it, it covers I, stuff or super villain attack? I feel like it's been mentioned in some content I've read. I don't know if it's the boys. Oh, I haven't read the boys. I've seen the series, but I'm not up to date with the new series. But I don't know if it was the boys or if it's one of those. I feel like it's one of those indie comics that's a superhero comic, but it's kind of explained. Like there's a there's a, a series called Black, uh, which is oh, yeah, really interesting, yeah. which is a Kwanzaa. As a Yefo, I think his name is. Um, he's great, and it's really cool. Uh, Tony tackled it into Comic Spotlight, and I picked it up and read it. And it's about what if superpowers could exist, but it was only people of color, more specifically black people, who could get superpowers. What, how would the world react to that? And it's very interesting. Um, but I, it might have been something like that, or, or something along those lines of those sort of comics. We've got an indie comic. Uh, like, oh, there's like Second Coming uh, by yes. uh, Mark Russell. That's a brilliant one. Is if things like that where there are superheroes in it, but it's not. Superman or Batman. I think there has been that. Hmm. But I think I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it's been covered. Do. I'm sure there is a comic yeah. where it's like super insurance salesman thing. Uh, I'm sure there's that. Incredibles. Like, Why not? Yeah, exactly. There's, there's, I think actually, I think it might have been, they might mention it in the Incredibles. Event maybe that's where I'm getting it from because the yeah, Incredibles maybe. is the best Fantastic Four content, isn't it? So Agreed. Everyone Agreed. says that, but Agreed. I'm saying it as well. Yeah. Well, I, the, I, you know what I love is because um, I first watched it and I went, I went, oh, it's just a rip off of all the all Fantastic Four and X Men and all that stuff. I was a bit like a bit of a bit of an edge lord. I was like, yeah, just a rip off. And then and then I, I actually loved what Stan Lee said about The Incredibles. He said, "It feels like I wrote it." Yeah. Which <laughs> which which is a compliment. And yet a bit of a burn at the same time. So I was like, I was like, well played, Stan. Well played. <laughs> Good job, fist bump. <laughs> yeah, I like, that. I like that. I like that. I thought that's the best way you could have handled that thing. Like this was before, uh, like Disney bought Marvel and everything. Yeah. So it was before all that. But yeah, I thought I was like, he's 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 he knows what he's doing. That man, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> R.I.P. Stan. R.I.P. Um, but yeah, so we talked about the 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 Carnage family. The and again, I, the, the backstories are too long to go into. Yeah. So just look them up, guys. Just do the Wikipedia and just try and understand, you know, how a goblin man exists with a fiery glider and, you know, and all the other stuff. Uh, <laughs> I think the doppelganger story is probably the easiest to understand and get. I think the yeah. demogoblin one's probably a little harder. And then I think the carrion story is even more complex uh, than the rest of them. But everyone else is fairly straightforward. But what do we think of all the heroes that joined in the battle? Well, I've got a list of that as well. I've got my notes here and everything. So we've got... So prepared. I know. I love it. Look how... Yeah, but you wouldn't be able to read it. It's like in, it's not quite in code, but it's just... Wow. Wow. So that is actually... And they're separate. I've got colour coding and everything. That's I was going to I was gonna say. So, so what, where is it? Like that? that's like yeah. maximum. That's absolute. And that's let there be. Wow. Some other notes. Um, anyway, so for the vision... You know what I was saying about you being meticulous and, you know, no. and, and methodical and no. all this? No, this it's all... you at all. You're all no, carnage. This... It's all chaos. It's anarchy. <laughs> Different colour pens. Um, <laughs> I've got... Red and black. Red and black. I feel like I'm, I'm um, Julian Barrett's character from The Mighty Boosh. Uh, it's... Howard. Howard, there you go. Yeah. I feel like I'm Howard. I'm like, I'm having a midlife crisis. What have you done? 
using four different colors of pens on one piece of note paper. He's like, you savage. How could you do that to yourself? I know I might not even put milk in my tea. Oh my God. I don't drink tea. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's the kind of thing. Quarter my bush. It's great. Um, not you, I agree. Though. I, I, I agree. Do. I love my bush. Love the bush. Um, love the bush. I did. I did. Years ago when I was at college, we did, uh, we did a bit of Oliver. And I just, my Fagan was basically just the Hitcher. That's Amazing. Awesome. The Hitcher is one of the best parts. I loved just, the Hitcher so it was, much. Uh, uh, the, the best comment I got, one of the best comments I got for my acting at that point was they went, Dan, I love your Fagan. He gets more and more pedophilic every night. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, again, kind of a burn, but kind of compliment. <laughs> Channeling Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stanley was was not a pedophile. I'll say. Stanley <laughs> was channeling Lee. Stanley in the way in which no, you were channeling. Stanley. I am not channeling. And, no, and I'm he, saying the person who gave you the compliment was channeling, was channeling Stanley. Stanley. By that type of backhanded Definitely. compliment. Do, we do, we do not condone talk of Stanley as a possible pedophile. That's no. not going to happen. No. All respect also, to Stan. And let there be carnage. You get a little cameo of Stan. He's on a magazine. He's on the cover of a magazine about halfway two thirds through the movie. I noticed it only on this watch. Oh, is that uh, in the Mister Mrs. Is it Mrs. Lee? Mrs. Yes, I think yeah. it's yeah. And uh, in there, you get to see. I Mrs. think it's Chen. Mrs. Chen. Mrs. Chen. Miss Chen. Yeah, I think Ms. it's when Anne goes in there um, with Dan. Yes. Anne and Dan. Is it Dan? Yeah, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Anne and Dan. There you go. Um, anyway, with this, um, speaking of Venom. Uh, so I've got the list of the heroes. So I wrote them down as I was reading it. So I've got Cloak and then I've put Anne Dagger in brackets because she disappears at the start and comes back mm. at the end. Uh, obviously Venom. Uh, then Black Cat, um, Morbius, um, which was a movie I still haven't watched, but I, I, I will be watching it very soon. I'm very not excited. Uh, but normally yeah. when films are that bad, like when it's like, this film it's, sucks. You know what? Like with Suicide Squad, they were like, this film is the worst ever. And I watched it, I was like, this isn't that bad. This is just not great. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I it's it was very much a similar experience to watching Venom. I was like, is it the best? I enjoyed Venom more, but I, it was it was great up until the post credits. Like, well, not great. What was I saying? It was okay up until the post credits, and then the post credits pissed me off. Ah, right. I'll, 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 I don't I'll, even I'll, know anything about that. So I will say, oh, that's all I will say. I don't want to spoil it for you or any Ooh. other people that are on the spoiler police as well. So uh, <laughs> oh, we already get in trouble. That. Before uh, I get in trouble again, Tonya, Tonya. Um, but yeah, uh, no, no, I, I will. I watch it eventually, and I'll tell you what I think about it. Um, but yeah, I'm generally normally if someone if the films everyone hates them, apart from Batman vs Superman, I'm not a fan of that. But uh, so we've got Morbius, we've got Deathlock, uh, we've got Firestar, then we've got Cap who pops in as well. We've also got Iron Fist who's in about twelve panels in the whole thing. Uh, and then we've got a guy called Nightwatch who I've never heard of and pops in for about half an issue and disappears again. And I've never heard of them before. And I'm like, I'd never heard of Deathlock. Firestar I hadn't heard of either, uh, but I knew of the others. But Nightwatch. Um, Nightwatch is, I don't know if you spotted this, but it's a ripoff of Spawn. I thought it looked like a lot. Yeah. I was like, why is, is Spawn it, in Marvel? And then it was like, yeah. oh, he's in and he's gone. No, I'm Nightwatch. Ugh. I've got a living costume. It's evil. Oh, but I'll use it to... Um, yeah, it was just it was just a, a way to capture the the popularity of Spawn. Did it? He did not. Um, I actually think I think he turned up in a She-Hulk issue recently, where he was he turned out to be like a really bad dude, and he was like killing heroes or something. And she had to. I think she was defending him or prosecuting him, something like that. But I think, but since about the nineties, he hadn't appeared until that comic, and then they're like, right, he's a garbage <laughs> character. Let's get rid of him. But oh. saying that. 
Sony did look at him because they own the Spider-Man character rights for movies. They did look at him to make a film. So if you if, if a night Nightwatch movie might be coming your way, oh my god! Um, I will say another thing as well. All these characters. Do you think? Do you think they were picked? You know, for a reason, particularly these specific characters. Yeah, yeah. That the they weren't being used in another issue going on. There was like no massive story. There was some sort of a big Avenger event that was going on, and they're like can't have anyone exciting. Yeah, uh, their books weren't selling, is basically what it was. So Even worse, Fist, wow. Deathlock, Morbius, Captain America wasn't selling either. Oh. Um, and I think I think New Warriors probably was, because that was pretty hot in the 90s, which is what Firestar is part of. But uh, Firestar actually was introduced in a cartoon called Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. And oh. he, team, he had a team, he lived with Iceman and Firestar, mm. and that was his show. It's very cheesy, very 80s, but it's, it's charming in its own way. But kind of a Harley Quinn. Esque uh, thing where it was like mm-hmm. cartoon, then into the comic. She did it Fair first. Enough. But yeah, what so uh, what did, what did you think of this motley crew? <laughs> Black Cat. Um, I like Black Cat as a character, but then I'm just like, she's just Catwoman, isn't she? That's did she come first, yeah. or was that well, a controversial well, thing? Well, Catwoman wasn't a cat burglar until after Black Cat was introduced. And she and uh, Black Cat was based on um a cartoon character. I can't remember the name, but it's mm. um off the top of my head, but I think it was, I want to say Bad Look Blackie, and I think there might have been a black cat, right. uh, or like a literal black cat. I think it was in a Tex Avery cartoon, I want to say. Um, but she was not inspired by Catwoman, supposedly. Okay. Well, um, I, I was exposed to her first before Catwoman, actually, because I mean, I mean, I mean, games, I mean, I mean, in this comic, she's quite exposed. Because I she was has... going to say it was quite <laughs> off-putting. I mean, being, uh, it sounds prude. But I, I honestly, you know, I've got no problem with seeing, uh, you know, women drawn or not drawn. That's mm. fine, but. When I saw it, I was like, oh, she's very in a very revealing outfit. And I was like, and they keep, and there's one panel where they literally drew part of the nipple. You could see it. And I was like, mm. yeah. And the, na- the, the navel, the navel is exposed yeah. as well. Like that it drops. Oh, yeah. Just completely. All the way down. Till- and you're just like, oh, you didn't want, no. I, I know that it is a very common issue with Cox. So we're not just like, hey, here's, here's two white dudes who are suddenly discovering that there might be an issue in comics with a small mm, amount of, yeah, of course, you know, obviously we're not, um, it was just one of those things where I keep forgetting because yeah. I've only been reading Star Wars in the new canon. Mm. There's a bit of old stars I'm reading sure. comic wise, but I've been reading mainly Star Wars books. Um, so with Star Wars is uh, series, None, especially more so modern comics anyway they don't have as much of that in to, it. To be fair, like in Star Wars in general, in the films and stuff, the women aren't really you know that like they're dressed very conservatively i think almost it's always just the, the twilight stripper i think is the only yeah one. exactly almost yeah, the I first think, six movies i think is i think yeah i think that's the only time where you see like more flesh that like if you look at princess leia and other characters and padme and stuff they're, they're very kind of conservatively dressed yeah but again that's not, why the not one a bad thing, thing with leia was that's why return of the jedi was that big thing because it was yes so conservative prior absolutely yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was a mildly off point, I will say, but it didn't take away from the character or anything. I was like, oh, didn't feel it is it is peak nineties, yes. which is like sexualization up to the yeah. max, extreme nineties, so blood, gore, violence, guns, pouches, ammo belts, you name it, it's all there. Oh yeah, yeah, it didn't ruin it for me. I was it was just like, oh, I you know I just didn't think about it because when read comics, whatever. But yeah. aside from that, like she was fine in it. I, I quite liked that she was. When Spider-Man went to her, I was like, can you believe this? Venom's trying to team up with me. She's like, you should 100% team up with Venom. What are you doing? Obviously. And he's like, what? And it's like that bit where it's like, mm. would kill Carnage. There's literally no other way. What are you doing? And then they start fighting. And then there's kind of that thing mm. where it's all 
it all gets a bit too close for comfort with all of them. And then you, you kind of keep adding in heroes. And it's very weird because when there's just the three of them, Ven- well, Venom, Black Cat, and Spider-Man, they're kind of getting each other's ways in different ways. If one of them isn't against the other one, then it's another, and it's kind of like this triangle, like the opposite of a lover's triangle. They're kind of like frenemies, but more enemy side. Mm. And then you get Morbius throwing into it. And then Spider's like, oh, Morbius, he kind of sucks. And then you get Death Row, and then you get more, and you keep adding. It quite, it quite literally sucks. That's that's his thing, he's a vampire. <laughs> so it's just, once they get to about six people, they stop even really acknowledging there's so many of them. Yeah. They just... And there's some very like the artwork of these we haven't really mentioned it yet, but mm. I know I know in Clone Wars we'll be comparing. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I do really like the artwork in this. I think it and I when reading through the different comics, uh, so Unlimited Web of Amazing Spider Man and uh, Peter Parker Spectacular. So those those five, re- there is a difference you can tell, but it's actually quite minor. I think Peter Parker was the one that changed the most, mm. but even in those ones it looks very, very similar. And I really like that. The color palettes are very similar as well. Um, for the most part, there were certain ones that were a bit brighter than others, but I really liked how when there was a big fight scene, it was a lot to take in. It, it, it didn't feel, it was, it wasn't too busy in some ways, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, and I think with modern comics, when I see these giant fight scenes, they're so well detailed and the artwork is phenomenal, but there's so much to look at. You're like, I can't, there's no free space. Every single pixel is showing something. And when you've got it with this, where it's a bit more low-key, because it's a big event, but really a big event, what with five big-ish characters, really, and the rest of yeah. them are just smaller characters in this. And obviously Cap even popping up is just a little brief thing to be like, he can't be in the whole thing, but let's drop him in yeah. for certain parts. But uh, I think uh, he, he yeah. does come in at a very important part, because I think yeah. they're at, at their lowest ebb, and Spider-Man's yeah. like, we'll never win, we've got to kill him. The morale. But- yeah, I got to give it. And then in comes the cavalry with Cap. And I love that splash page of him reaching his hand out. And I do yes. remember that from the first time I read it. It still sticks with me in that image because you just think, they think, what can they do? How can they recover? How can they come back from this? Um, but Cap's there and you're like, yes. And he's like, we'll find a way. We'll do it. And I think with Cap, that this showing of Cap in Maxim Carnage is actually one of the shortest but best ways to show what Cap's all about. It's very precisely, immediately, you're like, Oh, I know exactly. Like if I'd never seen the Captain America movies or read any Captain America, you get that and immediately the way they all interact, they're like, oh my God, he's here. But he's not, he's not like Superman where he's actually stronger than everyone. He just won't give up. And that's kind of Spider-Man's thing as well. You know, always get back up if you get punched back down. Mm-hmm. But even Spider-Man's at that point where he's like, I'm just getting destroyed. Mm-hmm. And Cap comes in and you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. Cap's here with a shield. He's great. Yeah, but again, is that symbol of kind of hope and justice? It works very well. Yeah, and I think I think that is that, that I think that character works within this story. The other characters, I'm like, yeah, sure, Iron Fist, Deathlock. Yeah, I've read a good Deathlock comic. I've read a few good Iron Fist comics. You know, um, Morbius is here and there. You know, Firestar. I've not really read much New Warriors, but I've read her miniseries and things like that. They're fine, they're there. Cloak and Dagger I actually quite like as characters. Mm. Um, I think they're really interesting because these these um I mean and and they and Cloak actually create Shriek, who becomes one of the main obviously antagonists in this. Um and I've always kind of liked their connection and their stuck backstory that they were uh, tested drugs were tested on them and they became these dark avengers and spider-man's like you can't kill and they're like yeah we're gonna kill we're gonna kill the drug dealers let's kill them <laughs> this is what we want to do this is what we're all about um, i haven't watched the tv show i did watch 
the crossover episode with the runaways but it's not for me i don't think i probably won't go there but uh, i do i like the idea that they're homeless superheroes i thought that was always quite interesting but um but yeah so the whole story itself again we've talked about it i don't i don't want to go too too much into kind of detail about it but uh, we basically there is a series of kind of battles um kind of philosophical ones as well like yeah. with mary jane and and Richard Parker, who's currently alive at this part of the uh, of the comic, um, again, not going to spoil what happens to him, but he's not around later. I would say, <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> but is it even Richard Parker? Who knows? Go read some early '90s Spider-Man. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's basically it's a series of battles, and sometimes they win, sometimes they lose, and and it and you know they get the upper hand they get a sonic gun from Reed Richards and the shooting carnage and stuff what do you think of this the the machine they make at the end because uh, shriek is giving off this these negative kind of vibrations let's call them bad vibrations uh if you will and it's turning the whole city insane as carnage is she's feeding off his insanity and and kind of reflecting it out um into waves into the city and turning everybody kind of just manic um but the heroes at the end managed to build a good vibes machine what do you what did you think of that do you think that was a bit hokey or yes yeah. Sure. It's just it's one of the things, and it's one of it's one of the problems I foresee happening with the MCU as it's it kind of did it in Infinity War and Endgame, but because we hadn't seen anything like that, it worked. But I'm just conscious that it's did you ever watch Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. Local. I loved Dragon Ball Z, okay. I still love it. Um Good I, stuff. Yeah. As much as I love it, it's uh, my friend Reese has been on my podcast numerous times on the first episode on the hundredth. He's one of my best friends. And he uh he and I talk about it and he's described it as power porn. It's not actually, nothing's really going on, but you just love the fact this person's got so much power that they're just, the the, the floor is cracking. The, there's things blowing up around them just from the sheer amount of aircraft power they have. And then you get them fighting and the, the stakes have to get raised and raised and raised and raised. And it eventually just is always the same kind of thing, which is just they're too strong for one. So everyone teams up and does a super mega blast and <laughs> blows them up. That's more or less the vast majority of them. Dragon Ball Z for the main sagas does a quite a good way of getting out of, that in certain ways, which I love. But a lot of superhero things kind of do that. And I just feel like it was like, what can we all do together? Let's all just kind join, of make this device and yeah, join the, hands and yeah, and hold this big old device and it sends out good vibes. And yeah. I did like the bit though where uh, Dagger tried to cure Shriek. Yeah, that was cool. I like that. And then and then Shriek yelled back like I hate you and basically was about to kill her and stuff. Mm. And I like that. But it just it's one of those things where, unfortunately, when you build up a character like Carnage and you make it so big and so, from by 93 standard, you make because we're going to get to absolute Carnage. But if you get to the size of it, it's just like, here's an unstoppable serial killer symbiote guy. How are you going to beat him? We're a sonic wave. For, well, that kind of didn't work. It did, but it, we, we just aren't going to do it again. Okay, what can we do? Let's do a slightly different sonic wave thing because I can't use fire because we're in New York and we can't just burn him alive because mm. Spider-Man wants him alive mm. so what can we do and obviously they kind of end up being they do that thing where it's like oh everything's all fine and then at the end they go nope carnage is actually okay somehow and then spider-man and venom managed to kind of yeah. beat him anyway and you're I like did, I, I did quite like that it, it was almost like 
he actually kind of was going insane because of the good vibes. Yeah. I quite like that idea that it, the niceness and the warm feelings, that hopeful feeling. He's like, no, I want to destroy it. I want to tear it apart. And he goes back to his childhood home, talks about all the abuse he went through, all the people he's killed, all his victims. He goes back to jail and he's like, what are you doing here? This guy in this jail cell. He's like, fucking hell, I don't know. <laughs> uh, he's like, ah, this is my jail cell. Ah. You know, and he's just going, and it, it, he's crazier and more like he's in, he's like an animal in pain and tearing himself up inside. And I quite enjoyed that aspect. I think, I don't think we needed the machine. Yeah. I, I quite like the bit where the heroes do turn the tide without the machine, but just their, them being there, Cat being there, and all the yeah. characters going, we can make a difference, sort of thing. Like that obviously has its own level of cheese, but I think making an actual machine. Yeah. To send out good, good emotions, gun. the good vibes gun, uh, GVG. Um, I, I just thought that was a bit, yeah, that was a bit like, eh. but I, yeah. in a way, I kind of preferred that we got that finale of of Carnage, Venom, and Spider Man back together again, battling it out. And again, it was it was just like knockdown, grab out, fight, um, drag out, fight. Um, so yeah, I'm glad it didn't end in the like pew pew. Here's some, he's feeling good. He's, he's our care bear stare, you know, sort of yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm quite glad it ended, it ended that way. Yeah, um, I did like, I did like the element, but I did also find it a bit like I was like, but they fought him so many times, the two of them, and now that is, is that I know it happens all the time. It happens in styles, episodes, stuff. Sure. It's just like you know, we can't beat him. What are we gonna do? Let's do all this elaborate scheming that doesn't work. Mm, and then it yeah. ends up just being me versus him. But I can beat him this time. And you're like, mm. what difference is it? What have you learned? Well, I learned in the last few hours or a couple of days that the power of love is all we need. And I've actually been holding back on my true feelings of just happiness. I've been going out with anger. and That's not the way to go. Sounds very uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi to me. It is kind of, but it's also thinking the ironic part is that Luke only beats Vader in episode six because he starts channeling his dark side energy and uh, kind mm. of, and also like when he's slamming his lightsaber down on Vader on the floor, it's like, yes, get him, kill him, Luke. Get him. And he doesn't. And chop then Vader's, his, Chop his robot hand off. You know, and Vader's weak because he feels love for his son. So realistically, it's actually saying the dark side still wins it's in strong. that scenario. It's stronger. Um, they only anyway. ever need two Sith. They only ever need two Sith. And they exactly. just decimate everything. But it's just um, that, that love that it happens in lots of the happy yeah. Harry Potter does it. It's just that kind love, of true. Love Conker's Hall. Yeah, yeah true it's, it's a little cheesy. You know, it's a little schmaltzy. Yeah. Um, but that's basically how it how it ends. But it is pure 90s. I love the artwork. I love Mark Bagley. I love Sal uh, Buscema. Um, again, his, his style is quite cartoony, but it's grown on me over the years. Um, there's a few other artists that are escaping me. Um, a lot of other the kind of big time writers. I didn't write down the writers, unfortunately. I had to scroll through, but they were all complete. I was like, oh, maybe one or two artists did a few yeah. of them. And it's like, I know, no, I know J- every time. Yeah, I know J.M. Dematteis right, right, was writing one of them at the time because that he does the foreword for the graphic novel, so he must have been writing it. Um, and he was, I think, he was one of the main Spider-Man consulting creators at the time. But yeah, it's a, it's a fun event if you're looking for a an event from the 90s if you like carnage if you like venom if you like spider-man related stories i'd give it a read yeah i, I think it's definitely it's it, it is worth a read and also it's i kind of keep connecting it back to venom let Ooh. there be carnage there are lots of little bits that actually do connect to venom yes. let there be carnage which i really i do appreciate although mm. let there be carnage is a flawed film we spoke about it quite a lot and we sure. need to get to absolute carnage <laughs> i will say that there is 
the people who made it clearly read the source material, as you said early on. Mm. Like they do actually, there's a lot of parts which do connect directly with Maximum Carnage. There's mm. Ravencroft, there's obviously Sheik, Shriek, which is one of my, yeah. as we both discussed, one of my favorite parts. She- Sheik is a different villain. That, that She's the fashionista that's well dressed. Ah, yeah, well, I was thinking of Sheik <laughs> as in uh, from Legend of Zelda. Oh, okay. So I was thinking of it when I said that. Um, there but, is no, there is no villain called Sheik. I was, it was a joke, Mike. Oh, uh, well, a joke. I mean, to be fair, the amount of different <laughs> villains there are could be. There is, if you tell there me is, there's a villain, you know I what? would not I, think it's sarcastically because it so could be a case. It could actually be one. True. There is actually thinking about it. There is a character who was like a fashionista called the Belladonna, who was a Spider-Man villain. So there you go. <laughs> there, there is actually a Sheik. But that's if they bring her back, they should call her Sheik. There we go. So absolute carnage. Let's crack on. Uh, tell us a bit about this one. So with Maximum was 14 issues and was from May 93 to August 93 uh, and Absolute Carnage, there are five main issues, which were just called Absolute Carnage, but they're all longer issues. Um, and then there were 30 other issues, which were it, the 30 issues in total of all of the ones that count as the Absolute Carnage truth thing, which is the Absolute Carnage, colon, Mars Morales, all these people and stuff. Plus there was also four Web of Venoms that were a prequel to that mm-hmm. and a free comic book day comic which was also a sort of prequel so those those together uh make like i think the first 45 the first, like i don't know 10 15 issues of venom as well venom but... is basically lead up yeah. so you, you're looking at you know strictly 30 issues uh well strictly strictly five mm. strictly 30 but then it's really like 40 to 50 mm. And then if you include the Venom stuff and a lot of the other backstory, then yeah, it's going to be like 60, 70. But they came out uh, September to November 2019. So it's 26 years after Maximum Carnage. Um, Yeah. So there's a lot of, there's various one shots. And then you've got Scream, Deadpool, Miles Morales and Lethal Protectors that all had three issues. Uh, So you've got the five main issues of Absolute Carnage. You've got all those the four things I just mentioned, which have each got three issues. You've then got various one-shots as well. And also you've got the tie-ins from the Amazing Spider-Man. There's three or four of them, I think. And then there's also the Venom comics as well, which all go in. Mm. So all of them come to, as I said, 30 yeah. to 45-ish. But Lethal, lethal Protectors is there, and you've got the start of the Scream comic as well. And yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a lot in there. There's the, Avenger, there's the Avengers one, I think yep. it is, where... Immortal Hulk one. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Captain Marvel as well. Yeah. What was everything? Like all the, yeah. this is really all the main one. You can feel it's quite post MCU because a lot of the characters in there we've now seen on screen or something like that, which I, I as a you know big MCU fan, obviously enjoy that. But I found that if anyone hasn't read Absolute Carnage, obviously we're going to spoil it, but sure. um, people should read it. But I'd actually say if you enjoy Maximum Carnage, you should definitely read the Lethal Protectors mm, three. Yes, because yeah. although I think they're not the best of them, I think this, I think Scream, Deadpool, Miles Morales are probably better comics for me. But Lethal Protector, I love because that's where the majority of the characters from Maximum come into it. And I really liked that. And it's just because the scale of Absolute is so much bigger that Lethal Protector is like all these people from the first one literally do not stand a chance. Here's them just vaguely trying to survive with even more people just trying to not die. Mm. Carnage isn't even near them. He's doing something else. This is them fighting off the spawns of Carnage and barely, barely being able to live. And this is them in their own little three series. It's quite like... I think they did the scale of yeah. Absolute Carnage very, very well. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, I do agree. I love that, like you were saying at the start, I love the lore building. I love the, the build-up and the powers and how he uses them. I like that bit. A great little bit, I thought. Again, it does have a lot of problems that a lot of modern 
kind of big crossover ants have with all the tie-ins and some, like you were saying earlier, where how can Spider-Man be here and do this and do that? There's a few moments for me like, oh, Miles Morales is in the symbiote, but now he's out of it, but now he's back in it. You know, it kind of, there's certain bits where I was like, that doesn't connect. Even with a suggested reading list, which Marvel Unlimited has, it's it's still not a science because there's still some holes here and there. But I, I will say, I like the moment where he's kind of sat in his throne, Carnage, and he's like, I'm sending a version of myself out to get these codices um, to absorb the symbiote juice out of these people. Carnage is basically after uh, people who have all had a symbiote on them. Mm-hmm. And they've had a remaining bit of this in their DNA, and he has to suck it out of them to become more powerful, to bring on the god of the symbiotes, Null. So he's a kind of a, a harbinger or a herald. To, I think that's uh, a to great Null. idea. For, for a plot, I think, of a very... It feels like an organic way to tie stuff in, rather than being forced, you know? And I know... With Star Wars crossover events, I love them. But sometimes you're like, why is this character here? Oh, they just happen to be there. They tag along. And you're like, they, what? Um, but when they're in the story, it's really fun. But you're like, eh, they kind of... But in this, it was like, it actually makes sense if you have the god of the symbiotes and he's trapped in this symbiote prison and he only gets awakened if the hive mind is calling out to him enough. And that only happens if enough symbiotes are put together in one conscious being. It's like, okay, I kind of... I get what you're saying because it's been spread across for billions or millions of years or whatever. These symbiotes have been split up and up and up and his power's kind of dispersed among it. And it's like a very good way to tie in old Carnage and Venom content, bringing characters which, oh yeah, they wore a symbiote suit once just in a random little comic. Let's bring them in for a bit of fun. We don't have to have them being a focal point. You can just have a little side story rather than it being they were just walking down the street one day and then Carnage attacks. And then they're fighting Carnage for some reason. Oh yeah, I remember. There's, I think there's an issue of Symbiote <coughs> Spider-Man, and it's and it flashes back to the original Alien costume saga, and it was just some random fucking guy that has the Venom symbiote gone on him, and and then jumps off like almost straight away, like goes to the Baxter Building or goes to hunt down Spider-Man, and they make a whole issue about him. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that's real. That's a real deep cut. That one. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's very bizarre. It's probably yeah. one of the worst of the issues. It's like a really interesting <laughs> concept. And then when you're reading. When you have to read 45 or 30 issues of, of this, and you've, like me, just spent ages reading the Venom run and everything else and mm-hmm. gone up to it. And it's like, oh, here's an issue. There's no consequence. It's just a fun... It's like, that yeah. sounds like a fun short story that deserves about four pages in an anthology comic, not its own 30-odd page comic. I literally, I'm thinking of all the all the stories, because obviously I've done this over a obviously an amount of time. I started a because we were going to do this earlier, but obviously your schedule was a, was a little uh, crazy. And then we did Disney discussions as and well. We did just... Disney, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but we did it all. We did the Boba, we did all this stuff. But um, but I was reading it kind of in chunks, and, and that was one of the first stories. And I only just remembered I read that. I only just now went, oh shit, yeah, that was part of this. All this random fucking weird stuff. But I do like the links to Maximum Carnage as well, because clearly the events are very similar and very. It's- clearly linked i liked that the doppelgangers of carnage looked like oh they looked amazing the artwork in these yeah. is some of the best oh yeah oh, it's the coloring as well the lettering yeah everything about it is just phenomenal so so clever i love the kind of the the thought boxes they're not bubbles anymore they're kind of boxes or whatever they call them um but yeah i thought like scream talking was just a squiggly line i quite enjoyed that yeah <laughs> she's just because it's just representing her just screaming in andy benton's head um but yeah, that's that's kind of the the gist of the story. Mm. I will say that 
again, like Match with Maximum Carnage, the first few issues do get quite repetitive. So it's like, oh, Carnage is going after Ghost Rider, and she's going after X twenty three, and she's going mm-hmm. after this, and it's like, and and again, some of the characters, like there's there's you know there's definitely definitely deaths in both of these comics and and resurrections and what have you. Um, so it's not like it's not like no one will ever die because Carnage is like a PG character. It's like people do definitely die and they get you know, but obviously they're shown in different ways. They're a bit more brutal and and uh, a bit more kind of open about it in absolute Carnage because that's oh, yeah. just the way comics have gone. They've gone a bit more mature and you can show certain things that you wouldn't have been able to show in the nineties, and and that's just the way the world works. Um, but I did I did enjoy. Some of the, I think some of the, some of the tie-ins were pointless. I'll be honest. I 100%. think, uh, I think the Immortal Hulk one was pointless. Yep, because that is just him talking in his head, talk to all the other Hulks, recapping what's happened in the Immortal Hulk, and then at the end they go, "Yeah, we'll bomb with the symbiote." Great, that's that. Yeah, the Captain Marvel one comes home. She's like, "Where's my cat?" Symbiote's got on her, fights the cat, gets the symbiote off. And like you said, that other issue, which I now remember it. This is how bad that issue was, because I can barely remember what happened in it. Um, just about that random guy. But yeah, there's some just absolute... Because I, I wanted to try and just... I said, right, I'll just read the main event. I'll read up the run of Venom. And then when I went to Absolute, it was like, uh, oh, Carnage is out and killing. And I was like, wait, he was in that vat. He was in that iron lung thing. How did we get from here? And then I realized there was Web of Venom. So it's going to yep. be that. Uh, and again, that I, I like the idea that he brought back that town that they infected in one of the Carnage miniseries. I quite enjoyed that because I read that and I was like, oh shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That. Carnage USA, I think that was. That's the one. That's yeah. the one. And it's like a small town and there's this cult. I like the idea of the cult building up. And mm. I, I liked when Shriek got turned into the Demon Goblin. I quite yeah. enjoyed I thought that was a cool idea. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what happened to the the woman who was running the cult. Did she get did he kill her? Yeah, I think eventually, I think he, because he eventually just pulls out everyone's, a lot of people's spines. But then with those ones, I suppose they, mm. she wouldn't have worn the symbiote. So I, 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 can't, I can't remember. I think, I think he some, might have just killed her, maybe just for the hell of it. I think at some point, the people following him then just become the monsters because he, he pulls out yeah. those weird little symbiote worms. Oh, the maggot things. Yeah. And they are horrendous, especially yeah. when you see him in the earlier issues when he starts. Because when you watch, when you read, because uh, there's a few Carnage series before this, which I, I saw them because I, I was like, when I was getting into comics again, I was like, oh, I want to read, you know, Carnage and Venom Odyssey, some brutal, cool stuff. Let's do it. And then, because with Star Wars, I have to read all the story and, you know, translate it for my podcast. So I was like, I want something that's just almost the equivalent of a popcorn movie. I want gore and ridiculousness and over the top and symbiotes are really cool. And I read some of the Carnage and I tried reading, I think it was Superior Carnage. And I was like, I have no fucking clue what's going on. And then I went back yeah. and back and back. And eventually I was like, I was like, yeah, I literally have, that's basically was a catalyst of me going, I have to start all the way back then and superior carnage only works yeah. if you know the superior spider-man stuff yeah as well, so which i kind of i did yeah. go back and read like key issues mm. in the peter parker turning into this superior spider-man with doc ock and then the key issues of that and how that linked in and i was like so my comic knowledge of that era of the, those sort pretty of five good. years is pretty good yeah but i i liked there was a couple of series i really liked i liked the did you read the carnage series quite recent one where he gets hold of the dark hold and he's using yes, the book. that was the 16, 12 or 16 issue one. Yes. Yeah. That, and it's, that, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that was a good run. And I think there was a few minimum carnage I quite liked. That was great. I thought yeah, it was that, lots of fun. That was a cool little thing where yeah. he goes into like the microverse and stuff. Yeah. That was, that was an interesting one. There's lots um, of weird and wonderful ones. There's actually, there's one which was um, a sequel sort of to Maximum Carnage, which was Venom Carnage Unleashed. And it worked as a sequel to simultaneously the Maximum Carnage comics and the Maximum Carnage Sega Genesis game. Wow. Where Carnage, 
finds out about the game and gets enraged by it. And then he enters the internet to try and kill people who are playing the game or something like that. And it's so, so meta. It's very bizarre. And you're like, Carnage enters the internet. He has a, and it kind of links to that once again in uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Mm. It's a really bizarre thing. And it's like, that's goofy and strange and stuff. And it, we're in this absolute carnage. We're just like, the stuff is, is off the wall, but it's it's scary as well. This is horror very well. Like yes. th- this absolute carnage. Very, at, very atmospheric. Horror. Yeah, it's it's dark. It's grim. It's brooding. It's red. It's but raining. Yeah, a, lot, a lot of the one shots were. I'd say if someone's going to read these, I'd say ignore basically all the one shots that are, yeah. as you said, Captain Marvel, Ghost Rider, any of that stuff. Yeah. Just kind of skip and be Web of Venom. And maybe the Carnage series, if you want to, we don't necessarily have to. But yeah, Web of I'd Venom, say, and then I'd say, I'd say the Venom for for the more of the the lore and the null stuff. I'd read yeah. the first few issues of Venom up until that point. Read Web of Venom. Yeah. Read the main event. Maybe the Spider Man issues. Probably the Venom issues. Yeah. Call, and then, call it a day. Yeah, and then I mean, because you can read. Because if you want to read the three screen ones, they're good. They, they don't do anything. They change nothing, so you don't have to. The Deadpool one, I think, was. The most interesting in the city. Yeah, it was the most, it entertained me a lot. I was like, oh, Mm. Venom and uh, Deadpool interacting with Carnage is quite funny, Mm. but it had no consequence to the story. The Mars Morales one, I think, really did. I had a bit more. Deadpool Deadpool versus Carnage is great. If you oh, read yes. that, that's yeah, a good I have. One. I went for a little Deadpool when I was take, when I was going through all these Carnage comics. I was like, I need a break from this and from my Star Wars stuff. I need something else. And I was like, what's even more ridiculous? And I was like, let's get into Deadpool because my um, Megan's. Uh, brother, he bought me uh, Deadpool versus the Marvel Universe, and it's nice. the omnibus. So it's got that, and he kills the is he kills the Marvel Universe and yeah. he kills the Marvel Universe again. Yes. And you can also go Deadpool versus Deadpool, which is a, like a sequel to that. So over a little phase for a couple of months, where I was just reading loads of Deadpool stuff, and I got to Deadpool versus Carnage. And I was like, this ties in with what I'm already doing. It kind of full Wait. circle. <laughs> I do like uh, there was one they did called uh, Deadpool uh, Illustrated, I think it is, and he goes into all he goes into all the classic literature and like kills oh, people. So right. He goes like Moby, Moby Dick, Dick and Pride and Prejudice, and he just like fucks everybody up. It's quite it's quite good. I do like Deadpool, but in small doses, probably a little bit like Carnage and, and Joker. I'm like I, I like a good one, but just every now and again, but not not all the there time. There is too much Deadpool at the moment. I tried oh, reading a lot, and I was absolutely. like every all Deadpool stuff too it's much. Not the, it's not the same, but he's he's very one note. He's brilliant. Yeah, and he's very entertaining. The same as Khan. I'll read. I'll read like a solid run. I'll read like a solid six issues, and I go, "Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. yeah." I'll Give him a break for a few months, yeah. and then maybe pick up another Come one. Back. Just exactly. I'd like reading it like one or two evenings. I just read this one little Deadpool story and then put it away and not mm. worry about it again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other ones like it's and Lethal Protectors said it's not. Yeah. Not amazing, but it's if if you like Maximum Carnage, pick up Lethal Protectors. It's cool. If you're if you're Marvel Unlimited, there's not really reason to not just go on the absolute carnage reading list and just kind of skip, skip a couple, but you can go sure. through them all. Yeah. But the main ones are definitely the, the absolute carnage actual yeah. comics. They are absolute because brilliant. Cause obviously I read them ages ago, or like mm. a few months ago. And then last night I reread them. I just kind of, yeah. I skimmed through the absolute carnage runs and there were certain parts. I was like, I'm just skimming through to get the general gist. I remember the majority and I was parts where I caught myself reading page after page. I was like <laughs> the, the actual Drawn back in. Yeah, the specific absolute carnage issues are really, really good. So Ryan Stegman, I believe the artist is. Uh, it's Donny Cates, Ryan Stegman, and he's yeah, he's incredible. I l- absolutely love his work. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a it's a it's a lot of a lot. I will. It's say. a it's a bit. Yeah, you need to shave. I say they could yeah. shave it. If I, like ten. Yeah. If, if we thought, comments. if we thought. You know, Maximum Carnage could have shaved a couple of issues. This could shave about ten or fifteen. 
Yeah, so. I think that this could shave more issues, but this is a bigger story, so it would take oh, more yeah. issues than Maxim Carnage. True. I think Maxim Carnage would really benefit from a six to eight issues. I think this would probably benefit from maybe 10 to 12, maybe. Sure. So I remember you saying you quite like the idea of, of the maker, because he was introduced in this, the, the evil Reed Richards from the yes. Ultimate Universe, uh, with his big, massive brain, um, hiding it under that helmet. Um, yeah, and what, what was it about that character that, that kind of stuck out to you? Well, because Reed Richards is... In, for my knowledge of uh, Fantastic Four, which is mainly the films, and then his vague appearances in crossover events to some of the Marvel stuff I've been reading, and the Marvel Zombies, because he's quite yes. central to Marvel Zombies. And I've read mm. the Marvel Zombies comics were actually the first Marvel comics I ever read properly, funnily enough, <laughs> years ago, like when I was about 14, yeah. um, when I was really into zombies and the world was at the same time. True. Um, yeah, it was... Um, Reed Richard, it's just because he's such a shining beacon. He's one of those big hero characters. And he does go too far sometimes, but he usually brings himself back. But the ultimate version of him is evil, like like heinous. Mm. He's a very he's like a scumbag. He's a horrible person. He's like he's so beyond intelligent. He's above everyone to such a degree that he he feels like where Carnage wants to kind of kill everyone because he's trying to prove to everyone he's better than them. The maker's kind of already beyond that point. He doesn't have to prove it to anyone. He already knows. He's he's playing games that are like so many steps ahead you don't you can't even really see what's going on in a sense for the other characters as us in the audience we get it and then at one point the audience uh the the main heroes figure it out but he's just very scheming and he's very you know he's the he's the antithesis of carnage he's the planner he's calm he's you know like this he doesn't reveal his hand he's he's manipulating everyone in different ways and he knows how to talk to everyone and which way to go so i liked that and i just his dark origins intrigued me when I, I was like who the hell is this and I looked him up I was like Jesus Christ mm. <laughs> but I, yeah. I like how this show the show I like how this crossover there's parts which there are twists and turns oh yeah Maxim Carnage for the most part you nothing Pretty. really happens like there's a couple yeah. of stabbings and a, a character that maybe dies and then doesn't hear or two but mm. I feel with Absolute Carnage because there's layer upon layers upon layers of stuff you know just fluff on top of it there are ways that, that the story stays compelling that the whole stuff plateaus doesn't it it kind of like the stakes can't be raised because it's just these are the stakes people are getting killed in new york yeah so you have to kind of build up stuff around there with the people and in maximum carnage it was about peter dealing with the death of harry and having it out with mary uh, with mary jane rather yeah Mm. mj Uh, because she she's like you need to quit being spun out for a bit this is too much for you because yep i promise i'll do it and then carnage escapes he's like i can't and she's and you get that drama there which i quite enjoy and in this you've got eddie brock and his Minor spoiler alert. Uh, his at the he the son thinks it's his it's Eddie Brock's son, and he thinks he's Eddie's brother, basically. And you get in the Venom story, you find out how all that kind of came to be and what's that's all about. But it's that's the kind of core of the story is Eddie doesn't want to be Venom. He just wants to take care of his son and try and help him, basically. But he knows that Carnage is just this unstoppable force and he's the character he's basically be- he's basically Spider-Man from Maximum Carnage yes he's beaten down hmm. he can't really win and he doesn't even really want to be doing it but he feels like he has to do it even though a loved one of his he's trying to protect so I really like that switch up the the flipping of those characters from you know it's it's we see a softening of Venom as well which I quite like in Eddie Brock um, and obviously he's quite 
there is sensitivity to him and his story and his backstory and all these kind of things he's gone through. And you kind of do feel for him. But, you know, when you look at him here and you look at him at Maximum Carnage, Max Grandage is like, that's your skill. You know, I'm going to eat your brains. You know, and, and this, it's like, oh, no, I've got actually something to fight for, mm. you know. And he's he's like, he's trying to be the best father he can without actually telling him. And Spider-Man's like, got to tell him, dude. He's, you know, he needs to know this sort of stuff. Um, you know, and he's like, and at the end, by the end of the story, he does he finds out, he figures out that um, that Eddie Brock is his dad, and there's a really touching moment where he's like, "Why did you leave me with your dad? He beat me, he beat me up, and you know, why could you leave me where? Why didn't you look after me?" He was like, "I'll tell you about it. We'll we'll go talk now. Let's go. Let's talk all out. Any questions you have, I'll be honest. Let's just do it. No more secrets." And that's the that's the end of, of the story, basically. Um, but in doing so, in saving his son from Cletus Cassidy, he invokes the god Null. So Null is coming. So that's the, the finale. The way that end is so it's brilliant. It's very much an Empire Strikes Back kind of ending, mm. where you're like, "Oh, we won," but you didn't really win. Yeah. You didn't actually. in the smallest of ways. Yeah, you, it's like you lost. You actually, you may, you didn't even really win the battle. You got through the battle, and now the worst is coming. Yeah, and I like that. I think that's that's a good. That was a good way to end and set it up. Another thing I quite liked about this story is Norman Osborn's role in it. Oh, yes. Very interesting, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's really interesting. Because I, I I do own the Spider-Man 700 and the Red Goblin stuff. I, just, I went back I, and read it because of yeah, the Carnage. I just haven't read it. So I would kind of like to go back and, and check that out. Because obviously it goes on uh, Normie Osborn, who's Harry's son. And, um, and it goes, obviously the Carnage goes on... Um, Norman Osborn and turns him into the Red Goblin. Yeah. But after that fight, he ends up having the the mind of Cletus Cassidy, the consciousness of Cletus Cassidy is taken over and believes he is Cletus Cassidy. Yeah. And then obviously he gets the symbiote back. But then the real Cletus Cassidy turns up and goes, You're not me, mate. I'm me. And he's like, yeah. no, how can you be me? You don't even look like me. And he's like, I'm dead. I died. I came back. And this is this is it. I've got a big, big scary spine showing, you know. All this weird stuff's happening. Um, and he's like, you're just a you're just a fucking cheap copy or a cheap, you know, imitation. He's like, no, no. And he's like beating him up. And and again, it was quite good to have those issues with Spider-Man because obviously he's Norman Osborne, one of you know, Spider-Man's greatest enemies, but he's also Carnage at the same time. Yeah. Which is, you know, an equally devastating and deadly villain. And he is backed into a corner and protecting two young boys. And like Venom's like, Go protect them. I know you'll do it. You're the only one who can. And a great, some great moments here. And there's there's a really good moment in Maximum Carnage where like Venom's like, I feel responsible for for Carnage. You can't possibly understand how that feels. And Spidey's like, Well, yeah, actually, I do. Yeah, it's, you know, that's the whole reason I feel that way about you creating you. That's your your. I'm responsible for that, and then you're responsible for this. I'm kind of responsible for both. Um, but I did I did enjoy that Spider Man kind of took a back seat. Mm. I think as much as I love Spider-Man, I think it was quite nice to have a different protagonist and a different kind of story to tell because unfortunately we probably won't get Spider-Man in the main Marvel Universe as a father because that's what they're trying to avoid. God help them. They don't want him married. They don't want to have him kids. They don't want to age him in any way. So they'll do that in separate universes. But um, but I did really love this kind of broken, beaten down father who's just literally just trying to hold this world together and is forced to 
you know, team up with all these people, but he can't tell them everything. And he's like, oh, well, what about this and that? And this this CODIS collecting machine and stuff. Is is there was there like a, a defining moment for you in this? Like, you know, maybe the Captain America moment in the Maximum Carnage? I mean, there's lots of bits. There, there are lots of little moments I really enjoy about it. Some of them are the more gory moments, you know, when he does, when Absolute Carnage does something mental. Yeah, and it's just... I do love that. But yeah, the, the Brock being vulnerable, the, the part that you mentioned specifically when Spider-Man says, I'm responsible, Brock, and Venom's like, how are you responsible? And he's like, I brought the suit back. That's my fault. I hold every person he kills. That's on me because I did so- something foolish. I didn't realize I brought this thing back. If I'd never done that, this wouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. And so I really, really like that part. And I do like seeing when certain other characters like when hulk gets taken over by carnage and when you've got like miles morales i love i mean i love miles morales i've not read a huge amount of his comics but i love him from the games and into the spider-verse but when he's getting taken over by carnage and he's fighting trying to fight carnage and you'll watch and you've got spider-man and when spider-man finds out miles morales when peter parker friends at miles morales he's just like no not not miles yeah and you've got that bit where he's like i can't even try and hurt him because i it's his body. I don't, I don't even know if we're going to be able to get him out of this. I don't know if he's going to die. And he's got that, this worry of like more and more people turning and it's becoming so hopeless. Cause it's like before is you fight one carnage and that's hard. That's very difficult. You need a whole gang of superheroes just to take him down. This is like, you need a whole gang of superheroes just to not die. And there's swarms of carnage coming at you. And he's just, the more he's consuming, the more strong he's getting. So the more energy he can put. And like, as you said, with Norman Osborn, he literally becomes, the original carnage but the other carnage is so beyond that and he even says it to venom at one point when brock eventually gets back with venom and they're kind of more powerful and things and they fight him and he's like you can't even hurt me i'm literally a god now i've spoken to the the real god i'm literally becoming god and when he absorbs the um he absorbs venom from hulk Hulk? Uh, he absorbs venom from eddie and things and then you get eddie having to use the carnage codices in that machine and then he becomes the thing and then they fight and it's that big old you know super mega ultra power up and they fight like it was really cool and i like that but the end when there's a few panels before the end um and you've got cletus and he's like you're running out now brock what are you gonna do because you can kill me and you absorb the symbiotes but this gonna wake up null or you keep your son alive and it won't um you let your son die and you won't do it who do you choose the world or your son and he's like, I choose my son. And you're like, oh no. And it's the thing he slices. And then you see like Carnage like laughing as he's dying. And you're like, I think he says something like, if I lose, I win. And if I win, I win. Yeah, exactly. And, and you just see that moment and he's and you're like, oh no. And no. it's it's the moment where you you is like the no turning back is like the event horizon. You're like, fuck. I've like I've I've massively, massively fucked up. <laughs> And you were just like, this whole thing was a build up and Cletus still wins and he's this despicable. And I like seeing Cletus when you, when the symbiote strips away, but you see it like on one of the first issues yeah. when uh, he, Venom electrocutes him and you've just got, and I think Dylan sees him or someone sees him. Yeah. Like, What's wrong with his face? And he's like, he's literally dead. Like this yeah. is, it's like a corpse of like skin. Emaciated corpse. Just yeah. Like, so he's yeah. so, he's, he's not even a live being anymore. It's just carnage inhabiting his corpse vaguely. Mm, yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's more I, it's just a consciousness now it's more like like we were saying earlier he is the symbiote the symbiote is him it's a yeah again the complete symbiosis and you wouldn't have that 
that you like because you've in the movies you've got that version of Carnage. You can't have this version in a way. Um, Whereas Brock is the opposite in the comics. Yes. That's why I like it. In this is you've got in Absolute Carnage. Carnage is one, mm-hmm. and Brock is so separate. He's literally he's kind of it's almost the the opposite around to what it was in the movie. Yeah, it's weird. It's, mm. it's, it's so, but yeah, I guess it's interesting in its own way. Yeah. Um, but I think I think because Brock sees kind of still sees himself as a monster as well. Yeah. And he knows like he's a monster before he was with the symbiote and he's a monster after like he was going to kill himself before the symbiote went on him, Yeah, you know, and then becoming part of the symbiote, he knows what it is and it's, but he know it's like almost like an addiction for him. He can't live without it. He has to have the symbiote has to have the power. And when he didn't have his symbiote on for several of these issues, he's like neat. Like he's still fighting. Like that's what I quite liked. He's like, He's like, I'll I'll get some gear. I've got the guy the gear from the guys from the uh the uh jewelry, I think they were called mm-hmm. in the 90s. Um, and, and he's like, I'm just gonna start kicking ass. And he's he's still going for it, even without a symbiote. And then he realizes he's gonna have to bond with a symbiote again. Um, but obviously there's always there's always uh, superhero stories where they're like, uh, all oh, the power's been stripped from me, and it's like, oh great, I'm free. And then it's like, no, actually, I need it to defeat this villain that's turned up, and obviously the inevitable happens. Like the thing does that a lot. It's like, oh, I'm cure, but now I've got to become the rocky bastard again to uh to I just call Hulk or literally any other. It's a funny thing with the thing, isn't it? Because he's pretty damn strong, mm-hmm. but he's not the strongest at all. No. That most people, there's a lot of superheroes that have his strength and many more powers. Mm. So you're like, do they really need you that much? Well, he can take a he can take a beating. There was a there was a comic years ago, uh, Marvel two in one, where he fought the champion of the universe, and uh, and everyone else got beat. Hulk, everybody, you name it. But because he's the Rocky of uh, literally, quite literally, the Rocky of the Marvel Universe. He won the he won the boxing fight against the champion of the universe. The there champion you go. of the universe. That sounds like it was written by a five-year-old. <laughs> hey, hey, it's classic. You leave it alone. Uh, <laughs> when was it released? Um, yeah, the 70s. Late, oh, no, okay. I, I, like, I'm, for, I'm more 70s. forgiving then. Okay, I, I forgive. I, I thought you meant... It wasn't last week, Mike. You said a few <laughs> years ago. You said it came out a few... Did I? Well, I meant a few decades ago. Yeah, Story. I think you meant like forgive me. I think you meant like 2015 or like 2010, <laughs> and I was like, uh, "That's lame." Yeah. 70s, yeah, that's yeah, 70s, like probably better than a lot of yeah. the villains. Rather than like, before I was born, later. before either of us were born, that yes. comic was written. So fair play. It's it might be a little hokey, but is it hokier than a GVG? A good vibe. To go. <laughs> Who knows? No. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to say about Maximum Carnage? Is there, is there um, any other uh, moments, characters? Because Captain America pops up, doesn't he, as the cavalry again, as he always does in this yep. as well, much he, like in Maximum. He does a great job there. I like that. Um, I, I was going to say one of the bits I actually liked is, once again, it's a, it, uh, the clone boars mm. and the similarities, is that there's mind control on both of them in a certain way. So in Maximum yeah. Carnage, you've got Sheik causing chaos and like making people act on their most aggressive impulses. Basically Kingsman, um, the first movie. Mm. And then in this one, it's like, you know, he's literally taking yeah. over their entire bodies and is create, amassing an army. And there's there's parts in Absolute Carnage where, pretty, pretty certain it is Absolute Carnage, where he's building those kind of mounds of like flesh. I think it is or yeah. goo or whatever it is. Spire see, or something. It makes me think of like the, this... Absolute Carnage is like the thing body horror. Mm, That's very- what I really like about it. And I only watched the thing for the first time last Christmas. Uh, yeah, Halloween just gone. Oh God, I love that film. <laughs> yeah. So I've I've heard it's one of those many films I've I've been meaning to watch for ages. I've had it on Blu-ray with the 
the prequel mm. I haven't yet watched. I've had that on Blu-ray for ages, like four or five years. Mm. I just keep never getting around to watching it. Yeah. And we watched it, me and Megan, and we're like, this is fucking great. It is. It's that sort of thing where it's so well done because the practical effects look so good still. Mm. It doesn't age badly in the have same you seen, way. Um, have you seen The Fly? David Cronenberg's The Fly? No, I haven't actually. That's your next one. Go for that. Okay. Yeah. It's, fuck, it's that fucking disgusting. It is, yeah. yeah Gina Davis. Yeah, I, think I've seen, I think I've seen like parts of it. I think I've seen, you know, clips and things like that, but I haven't yeah. seen the whole thing. But I like that. And that's what Absolute Carnage is a lot of when you've got this just, this mound of just flesh. Yeah, it's, it's very Lovecraftian, isn't it? There's a lot of yes. like Lovecraftian ideas going on there and this, this you know, dark God that doesn't care for you on the beyond the veil that's just mm. going to come and, and just complete chaos and complete madness. Um, so, yeah, there is a lot of those kind of elements that kind of filter through. I did like, um, there was... Um, there's a lot of characters getting infected with the symbiotes, obviously. There's a, yeah. there's one in the Miles Morales comic where it's like a serial killer and he's begging for help while inside the symbiote, I think. And it's like, Miles Morales is like, yeah, you are a serial killer, but <sighs> go on, I'll have to save you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's that bit where he's fighting Scorpion. He, he finds Scorpion, he starts fighting him and they're after Scorpion for the codices because he had he was Venom at one point. Um, and and uh, Venom's just like, uh, Scorpion's like, fuck this, I'm out of it. And like Venom's like, what are you doing? Eddie Brock's like, what are you doing? And like Miles is actually getting killed because like Scorpion has been so cowardly to run off. I, th- I think he like, it might like kick him in the leg or something. Like you can't run out, you, if you can't run, I'll get away. Well, ve- I think eventually Scorpion, he gets like, he like yeah. Carnage grabs him, is about, is like digs into his spine, apparently doesn't quite get to the, codis, yeah. the codex. And then he's paralyzed and he's mm. like collapsing on the floor. He's like, help me. And he's like, and Venom's like, you literally are such a coward, but I have to help you. And it's like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think, yeah, aside from that, like, yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good event, I think. Again, if you stay away from the tie-ins, I'd say. But um, I did say, like initially, I, like I said, I was gonna just read those main things. I kind of wish I'd had now, but I'm glad that I read them just so I could get a better idea of the whole event, how it affected the Marvel universe. But I think it is time for us to compare, Mike. Mm. So let's crack on. Sure. So let's see. Uh, right, what are my? I've not put on my bloody things for comparison because I'm a twat. Uh, here we go. Right. Comic. So obviously it's because it's a comic, it's not a movie, so we're not going to do the same categories. Um, so I've done one of these before with comics. So it was uh, we've got three categories. So we're going to do writing, art, and then I'm going to do uh, inking and colouring. And then if we need to, we'll do a tiebreaker, Okay. Mm. A one category for tiebreak, but I won't reveal it just yet, just in case. So, uh, so which one is better? Which had the better writing? Would you say it was absolute or maximum? That's hard mm. it, because maximum is a lot more simple and absolute is a lot more complicated. Mm. So we've got one. It's almost like is the execution of one better than the other? Yes, I, I, I would probably still say absolute. I think. Um, I, I think just because. I think the ending is the 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 tiebreaker for me of that element. I think the maximum does a really good job and the story's really cool. And although it's not the first time we saw Carnage because he had a little four-part appearance in Spider-Man and then he appeared mildly before that, it was the first real big Carnage thing. And it is cool, but it is just the same thing over and over again. Whereas I think that while Absolute isn't that different, it does, because of the, the lore around it and the symbiotes, it's just kind of, I think absolute the best way to describe it is it's the kind of sequel where it improves on everything apart from the originality. And I think that 
certain scenarios that works brilliantly and it's exactly what you want from a sequel and other times is the opposite of what you want from a sequel i think in this scenario it is elevated i think it's just a bit more complex there's a bit more to it it's a bit more almost i say believable in the sense of it just felt maximum carnage a lot of times the only reason they didn't win was because it was issue seven it, whereas an absolute yeah, it was like enough. There, there was never a time they were like we're going to beat carnage there was never a moment and they kept messing it up. It was like, we just need to regroup and figure out what we can even do. It takes them to like issue four before they even know what they're doing. Yeah. Whereas a maximum is just like, oh, we need to beat Carnage the whole time. Whereas absolutely it's a bit more complex. So on that basis, I would say that I have a feeling you're going to disagree. I'm not quite sure. I never make my mind up when I come into these. So I'm always, <laughs> I'm always still deciding. So, and again, sometimes the discussion can obviously inform my decision. Um, I think the consistency is better in maximum. Yes. I think just the storytelling, it has like, it may, might be 14 parts, but it is 14 parts that run on after each other. Yes. And they always reference the previous issue and what has just happened mm. in the previous issues. Like, oh, well, we did this and this. And how could you say this when you just said that in the last issue? And da, da, da. You know, there is that consistency of storytelling and that follow through. Mm. Again, with the when I started this, you know, there's a lot of disparate elements that are setting up, like, you know, this cult of carnage. You've got the town. You've got, um, you know, you've got all the stuff going on here and you've got the stuff going on with venom here and you've got spider-man and all these bodies being removed and revealed and then again you're going again that's when the repetitiveness of the story comes in for me because it's just like attack this guy to get the codex attack this guy to get the codex attack this girl to get the codex that's that's basically all that is until we kind of really get into the main event i think Mm -hmm. the main event is not of absolute, it's not repetitive at all. But mm. I think every almost everything around it is repetitive. Um, yeah, I think I agree. It, it's one of those where I was kind of thinking, if I'm just talking about absolute carnage, the five main yeah. issues, I think to- they dwarf yes. um, maximum because they are very concise. But we are talking, talking about, about the science event yeah, and the event, the event itself, itself, not the story. We're not. If we talk about the comic arc, yeah, the comic arc's better. If we talk about the whole event, all thirty to fifty issues, yeah, it's. There was just so much fluff, and it was there just, is a lot. There should have been about four anthology comics, which had about which each had like five or ten pages. Yeah. Like the Ghost Rider one could have been that. The sure. random bloke could have been yeah. one page as a joke. You know, if exactly. There's there's a lot out. of like those Spider Verse issues where it's like, right, these characters, these inherited characters, got to k- go kill a Spider Man. So they'll go and they'll kill the Marvel versus Capcom Spider Man in in like a one page thing or a, or a there's an anthology book. And I think they could have done that in this or kind of just. You know, I don't think you need a whole issue for that and a whole issue for this. Imagine imagine Maximum Carnage now. Yeah. Iron Fist would have his own miniseries. Deathlock would have his own miniseries. Cloaking Dagger would have their own miniseries. Morbius, all of those characters. Captain America Oof. would have a one-shot. Like, it would be insane. And that that is kind of just the problem with modern events, mm. comic book events. I don't think this is... It's not inherent to just this event. I think it's just the way the the... I don't know, the the meat is minced, if we will. You know, yeah. I think there's there's an issue there. And I think there's, well, there's many issues here, li- quite literally, uh, for this event, <laughs> 30 plus issues. Um, but, you know, I, I did enjoy it. But again, there's a lot of faff. I like, think I, I'm, I'm going to swear my opinion then. I think if I include all of the, yeah, all of the off, offset issues, it's just so much fluff. That even, that, even that random guy, even that random symbiote Spider-Man guy who just goes, Hello. Oh, now I'm evil and in jail for some reason. I don't know. Then they killed yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like even like with Maxim, to be fair, when Dagger dies, it does feel like they actually yeah. die. 
Whereas in absolute, when you've got people who are suffering in miles and stuff, mm. you kind of still, there's that air of it, you kind of know it's not not going to happen that way. But with Maxim, I felt like it, it did. And I did find that Cloak and Dagger are very interesting as characters. So I'd not mm. seen them before. Well, there you go. And the, and you don't know, like coming into that event, you wouldn't know. But like you said, we've got all these tie-in issues. We know those comics are ongoing. Mm. And we know that those characters probably aren't going to go anywhere. And again, there's, you know, characters do get killed off in both and there's victims and there's casualties and stuff. And like we said, resurrections and things. But yeah, I think for me, if we're looking at like classic storytelling, mm. like one and done, you know, no filler, like yeah. no no filler. I mean, there is filler in Maximum, but it doesn't feel like it's it's a, it's kind of enjoyable filler. Yeah. It's, Some it's- of it. But, it doesn't feel like for me it's just almost like there's a little bit too much spider-man in that but a lot of it is not repeated it's just yeah. what else is he doing it's like here is a basically his 48 hours in the life of spider-man and each mm. comic is almost two hours yeah but it just happens that in this 48 hours mm. carnage is attacking whereas an absolute it's like here is over the case of a month maybe yeah. longer of carnage yeah. slowly killing off people and getting the spine thing while there's all these threads going off with the maker and this that when to its core you don't need all that you, you if you if you just read absolute carnage and the spider-man and venom tiny mm. issues you would perfectly understand the story and I, I do like that device again that they used where carnage is sat in the throne he sends off copies of himself yes because like you were saying he can't be everywhere at once like Wolverine is or Spider-Man having so many different comics. But in this instance, Carnage can, that can work all at the same time because he's doing that. And I think that was a good kind of narrative way to get around that him just jumping up and down the US, you know, wherever he might be. He literally just sends those out. I'll tell you what this is almost like. This is almost like comparing Spider-Man No Way Home to the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man film. In the sense of the two comics the scaling is so much different mm. the, the stakes are bigger the everything everything is bigger and better in air quotes so i think when you scale up and the problem is i think as you scale up you dilute it and i think if you if you almost reined it if you if you scaled up maximum carnage to that level to the same proportions i feel like it would be better if you know what i mean like the percentage of sure. stuff you need to read a maximum and the percentage of stuff you need to read in, in absolute if you scaled up maximum to the same as absolute just by doubling it's yeah i think maxim does win with it's, it's more concise i think there is there is generally less fluff yeah i think so too and i think again there's more writers involved mm-hmm. in this as well which i think is the problem as well there's too many cooks yes and, th- and i think with these guys from what i read in the forward for maximum is that they went to a hotel room for like two days straight and they fucking worked on this story and they worked it out they decided exactly what beats they needed to hit who's going to write what who's going to draw what done organized ready we're we've got a plan i don't think there was as much of again nowadays again it's not like we can you know with covid and everything we can't get everybody in the same room all the time it's not people live all over the country now you know writers and artists and stuff so it doesn't really happen like Mm. that so i understand that as well you know contextually but yeah i think maximum does have a stronger more concise more you know just beat by beat just good storytelling, I think. Mm, yeah, I'm willing to agree with that, concede that point. Okay, right, next one. Art. Which has the better art? Now, this is a really tricky one because the eras of the comic book are so vastly different. Mm. And the thing is, if you are almost objective, it'd be absolute. But because absolute is a lot, there's got like a lot of technology 
there is you know digital yeah digital yeah. coloring digital you've got light, that yeah. thing and also i wonder how much like when you see the hordes of things like how much of certain the big things is it easy for a digital artists to copy and paste or all that sort of thing not to disparage anyone because no, all the artwork is great but with, with still a lot of hard work involved either yeah. you know whichever way you yeah could. but obviously doing it in the early 90s compared to doing it in the uh well late nearly the 2020s it's yeah. the technology is so different and it's it's meant to be easier now. It's, so, it's literally almost a different art form, isn't it? A different it is. me- medium in some respects. Yeah. And the way Carnage looks, I think, in both of them, that he looks completely different. But there's something about the original Maxim Carnage. When I think of Carnage, I think of Maxim Carnage. I don't think of Absolute Carnage. I don't think of Woody Harrison's uh, Let There Be Carnage. Oh, mm. Maxim Carnage, his face, what I've got on my T-shirt. Yeah, you, know, you do. That, that exact thing. There the black is. and white, uh, so black and red, and the symbiote where he's there, and it's kind of like it's all there's all bits coming off him because, like, all the Venom, tendrils, yeah, because Venom is very much he's bold, black, smooth, and it's just black and white, and it, it's it's just muscles. Whereas Carnage is always moving, it's always this living organism, this unnatural thing, and you get that a lot in horror. You get it in the thing, and you get it in stuff when you've got some sort of creature or being, and its skin is always writhing and moving, it's something very unnatural about that. What I like, what I like about Venom is he is a very black and white character, literally. Yes. Like Spider-Man is guilty, everyone is, else is innocent. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, punish, lethal protector. This is the world. It's it's in plain black and white. With Carnage, he's pure insanity. So his his, his symbiote is always moving and it's always coming apart and doing different things because he he doesn't know what he's going to do next. He's unpredictable, and I like that that is shown in those characters even so early on you know visually you can see that and again obviously that's been played about with in times gone on but it is a strong visual bit of storytelling even from you know back in the day and i love those those 90s artists that we, we that we talked about i have to say though ryan stegman um, I can't. I can't really talk about the other artists because I can't really remember their work as strongly. And again, it was only in like a few issues here, a few issues there. Um, they all do, you know, unique and interesting work. Not all my favourite, but it's the same in Maximum Carnage. I think there's some weak, weaker artists there as well. Yeah. But that's just that's just my personal opinion. But the the stuff Stegman does is incredible as well. Like top tier artwork. It's like you said, it's dark, it's gothic, it's grimy, it's gritty, it's disturbing. Like, I kind of wished Maximum Carnage had a bit more of this kind of lighting and the kind of uh, just the cinematography, for lack of a better word. Because it is very, obviously, back in the day, they had to do it quite light on the inks and everything. They couldn't quite do what they do today with the blacks and everything, Um, you know, of the blacks of the colour and the whites and the reds and everything. There's so much more they can do now and be more creative with that. Um, But there is is something I really like about Absolute and just just specifically that main, again, that main event, um, just amazing work and again all the stuff he did on venom as well the venom series it's it's superb like there's there's no getting away how good an artist ryan stegman is at all yeah and when you see the the redesign of carnage and when you see with his rib cage and his spine Mm -hmm. and then you see when someone's under the control of carnage they've got that spirally facing it's like Mm -hmm. that is iconic that's so cool when you first see it and it's it's one of the reasons i say it works so much to the horror is because maxim carnage it's all because of constraints, as you say, it's basically all in the daylight, apart from they occasionally hide in church, fight in churches or an atrium or something. Yeah. It's generally 
daylight New York buildings. The backdrop is basically the same, but there are some very cool action panels. A very poppy, a pop arty in a sense. You've got that really bright colors. It works really well, but it's you can still see what's going on. With Absolute, there's just there's something about it which is just it feels so dungeony the whole time. You're like it's like underground. It's like the dregs of the city are like coming up, and you it feels very hopeless the whole time. There's never this bright shining moment necessarily that's like, yeah, we're going to win this. Every time in the artwork really tells to that. I think if you if you read both with no dialogue, I think that Absolute would probably work better. Hmm. Excluding, now I'm cheating, but excluding the 30 spin-off. If you read the 30 spin-offs, you'd have no, yeah. no idea what the hell was going on. But no. if I'm just talking in the sense of artwork, if we just chose the five Absolutes and the um, even if you cut out a few of Maximum Carnage, I think that Absolute really speaks volumes of the artwork itself and you can really get what's going on you see carnage getting stronger you see what he's kind of doing and yeah it's the artwork yeah. to that is some of my favorite artwork is the most i love detailed artwork and although i love the 90s maximum carnage is there's a lot of moments that are very detailed and you can see the hand-drawn you know parts of it and i love how oh, there's some i remember there's there's one image of like mary jane where she's looking like cross-eyed and i was just like what is this this is that's a dreadful <laughs> bit of artwork you just but again like again absolute does have that but based on based on stegman alone i think i'm gonna i'm gonna go with absolute because i just think like again, it it does so much, like you said, visually that that unfortunately Maximum Carnage doesn't do. Even though I absolutely love Mark Bagley is one of my favorite Spider-Man artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sal Buscema is one of my favorite Marvel artists who draws an incredible Hulk, literally incredible Hulk. Um, and but I think you get so much more out of the artwork and and that you know you know it's almost like it's raining blood almost. You know that you get that kind of. I think there is a cover actually where it looks like it's raining blood, if I remember rightly. Yeah, and uh, and it's there's so much more to that, and I kind of feel like, unfortunately, because of the restrictions and the restraints put on the comic book industry in the '90s, I think we would have had that um, if you know if you just we if they had the ability to do it, I think they would have had it all at night. Um, or yeah. you know, would have a black sky or something, a red sky, like a Justice League movie or something. I think they would have done something like that, but unfortunately, that's not the way. But I think yeah. it's got to be it for me, absolute. Yeah, my vote as well. And as you say, it's also with absolute. It feels like the artwork is its own thing for absolute. I know it is in Venom yeah. comics and stuff. Sure. It is similar, but for absolute, it feels like this is its own artwork for this event. Whereas for for Maximus, it's like here's a carnage event happening in the standard Spider-Man comics. Mm. So on that very, very brief summary basis. And if you Google Maximum Carnage, uh, sorry, Absolute Carnage, the Ryan Stegman artwork will come up first. Yes. Because it's yeah. the main, it's the main one, it's the main event, and two, it's the best artwork in it. Yeah. You know, it's it is hundred percent. Straight away, people are going to go. Yep, yeah, that's absolute carnage. I recognise the artwork. It's it's icon- it's iconic in its own right. I, I think it will it will probably age quite quite well. I think as mm-hmm. as Marvel events go on, I think it probably will. Again, not the tie-ins so much, but the main the main event, the Don all the Donny Cates stuff, basically. Yeah, that's the, the bit I reread. That, yeah. like, I just reread that stuff, and I was like, yeah. this is it's probably why I'm thinking. It's probably why I thought maybe it's better written than Maximum because I just I just skipped the majority of the other ones on the <laughs> maybe reread. That's why I read them all, Mike. I read everything. I re- no, I did read all of them the first time. But I know, I know. Recently, yeah, recently. No, I've read them recently. I've read them all. <laughs> I read them all. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. I think I think 
that is that is the way. As uh, the Mandalorian says, this is the way. Um, so next one is inking and coloring. Um, I I'm gonna have to give this to Absolute as well, yeah. just because everything we've just said really. I think yeah. coloring the atmosphere. They the, yeah, the, the different mar- shades of blood, different shades of black, mm. the different looks on the symbiote, the texture, the you know, uh, like every symbiote has its own kind of almost unique look and structure mm. and texture and design, you know, and and I I love that again. I absolutely love the ink in in Maximum. I absolutely adore, but I think it's it's a it, the problem is the the technology and the time has gone on and the, the maturing of the storytelling, the maturing of the artwork and what we do and what we can do in comics now has come along so way in, what did you say, 26 years it was the, between the uh, two? Yeah, yeah. Well, there, you know, that's that's generations now as between those two, you know, that's a good... Well, that's almost my whole age. Like, there you go. Well, there you uh, go. I'm, I'm, a few, I'm a few years older than that, but that's almost my age. So it's like... That's it. Before and, and, and after Mike, that's how you can tell. It's the Maximum Carnage was just a bit before me. So uh, before just, and after Mike, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it. I think it's it's a it's a straight win. I, yeah. I, I, like again, I love Maximum Carnage. I was like I said, I was dying to read it. I love it, but yeah, have to say it's it's got to go to absolute. So no need for a tiebreaker. I'm interested I think, what it was. I'll tell you, it was going to be world building and law and continuity, and I think probably absolutely would have got it anyway in in that respect yeah law wise definitely i think continuity maybe more so maximum but they're very it's very hard because as i say i think this is very much like this is an evolution i think absolute carnage i think for the character of carnage and the events you want to do and i think that you can tell that because if you read carnage and carnage usa and the carnage 16 uh series and superior carnage all the sort of mini series that build up to absolute None of them are as strong as Absolute. Some of them, the artwork's really good and near-ish, but not quite as good. But other times, the artwork doesn't really work as well. Other times, the script is better, but the characters are bad or whatever. So none of them... I didn't find that many of the Carnage things I read on the lead-up to Absolute Carnage, yeah. aside from Maximum, was that great. It, they were no. they were good. They were enjoyable, yeah. but you could yeah. kind of... It was almost like, oh, you take a bit of this one and you take a bit of that one, you take a bit of this one. It was mm. almost like... Marvel were kind of building up to Carnage to find out what did and didn't work so they can mm. culminate it together. And it's almost like Absolute is what I would describe as almost the perfect reboot. When you want to reboot, when you want to reboot or remake a movie or something, you want to build on it, creating something different, paying homage to the original. You want to do it in all the right ways. Whereas what a lot of modern filmmakers do is they go, hmm, these three parts of the movie are iconic. Let's just copy that. Mm. and vaguely build a story around it. And it's like, no, you've just wasted everyone's time and money. And they definitely, like, I think Carnage can be written really poorly, much like yeah. the Joker. If you get it wrong, you get it really fucking wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think this story does get that and also elevates him and changes him in a in a, a genuine way, in a, in, a, in, a, in a way that feels right for that character. It's not like, oh, I'm totally... I did quite like reading, there's a... Uh, Axis, the event Axis, there was a Carnage miniseries in that. And in that story, all the good guys get turned bad and all the bad guys get turned good. And Carnage tries to be a superhero. And it's fucking hilarious. Wow. <laughs> you have to read it. It's really That's amazing. And he's like, he finds someone, he finds like a cop and he's like, teach me how to be a good superhero. And he's like, 
I murdered all these guys. Was that good? Am I a superhero now? <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's brilliant. It's just because that's how the character would act if he just, you know, flipped. It's uh, kind of Deadpool-esque, isn't it? Yeah, it is. A, it's very much in that in that vein. And again, those characters kind of go quite well together. Even the the little mini series in this is quite fun with yeah. Ravencroft and like the Man Wolf and stuff coming in that John Jameson. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant events both in their own ways. Check them out. Um, you know, they're available on. Comicsology, we don't talk about them. Uh, no, we, you know, if you want to get it, fine. Yeah, go buy it. Um, you can buy them physically as well. It's probably on eBay. Maybe you can hunt down the original issues of all of them. Well, you can get Absolute on um, Absolute Carnage in Forbidden Planet. I saw they'd had oh. the collection, but it was quite expensive. I think it was about like 80 quid. Oh, for, it was like a hard, hardback. You know, do, do Marvel Unlimited still do like a free month? Do they do that? Um, they do do a free month, but also they do a thing at the start of each year where, which I've done it a couple of times now, we can get an entire year of Marvel Unlimited for $65, which is about 55 quid. So Boom. for for £70, you can own the hardcover, the hard copy of Absolute Carnage, or for £60, you can have access to every single thing we've discussed in this conversation mm. and about 90% of all Marvel comics that exist, I think. Or at least pretty 90, pretty much ninety percent of the ones you'd want to read. Yeah, the kind of I think modern to the most part. I think it's just the middle kind of seventies, eighties, and kind of nineties. They're not really filled in. Um, That's where it starts to they yeah. fill in the gaps. I think that yeah, I think they're, they're building from the the top end from the beginning and just closing the gap. So yeah, like you said. Um, but yes, we do have some listener comments. I know we've gone on a little longer than planned, but uh, fine. I just want to I just want to bash through those very quickly. Do it. Uh, so I just asked generally what people thought of Venom Let There Be Carnage or what they thought about the character itself. Uh, so Max Byrne, so at Maxi Byrne on Twitter, says the tandem of serial killer and symbiote is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So he is a big fan. Uh, Angry Andy Reviews, at Andy underscore review, superb villain, criminally shortchanged so far in movie form, which mm-hmm. we've gone over. And I've got um I've got a totally new person who's commented on the Instagram. So hold hold your horses, Mike. He's got things to say. So Bojat underscore M. Uh, so I said, is he Marvel's Joker? Is he a poor man's Venom? And he goes, Marvel's Joker. The OGs remember the crossover event where Joker stated that Carnage is the most disturbed man he has ever met and begged Spidey and Batman to save him. If they ever met face-to-face again, the Joker is getting his spine ripped out after pissing his pants. And no, he isn't a poor man's venom. Carnage is more of a psychological character. The fact that he is crazy and hyper-violent makes him interesting. So to sum it up, (laughs) sum it all up, he isn't neither of the above. He is simply the best character ever created. (laughs) (laughs) I like the enthusiasm. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's got something to say. He's got he's got an mm-hmm. opinion. Uh, I don't I don't think I share it. Um, no, but... I mean I would agree that Carnage, if he fought Joker, he would completely decimate yeah, Joker. Yeah. One million percent. But if Carnage met almost any superhero, supervillain, or anything ever, bar probably Superman or Galactus, mm. he he would destroy all of them. That's that's the kind of the whole point of Absolute Carnage and stuff. Is like, yeah, he's basically unstoppable. Next level. Yeah. Whereas Joker's just like. Incredible villain, but he's not physically unstoppable, apart from that one time in Arkham <laughs> Arkham Asylum game. But aside from that, one little time. Yeah, one time. Yeah, and he, he, I guess he kind of looked a bit like absolute carnage in that, doesn't he? He's got the big spine. And yeah, it's pretty protrudings. And... Pretty bizarre when that happens. Yeah. 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 
kind of, kind of interesting, but it's it's a video game. Yeah, give and it, I don't think it. Carnage. Sorry, I was going to cut across you to talk about um, the Go general's ahead. comment. I was going to say I don't think Carnage is the best villain Very ever. Terrific. I think he's very cool. I think yeah. he's, when he's done right with these two events, it's amazing. But it's kind of like one event, you know, there's an extreme Carnage run. I'm just like, I don't really know how they're going to raise the stakes to absolute. Mm. But, you know, so I'll read it at some point, probably in another yeah. five years or so. But these two are these two are very good, big carnage events but you don't he's not the best villain the no. he's probably the most one of the most fearsome and one of the most impactful in spider-man Dead, but he's deadly, not unpredictable yeah. i think you, as well yeah you sir need to read the red goblin thing because that's I carnage do. and green goblin put together and i read that specifically uh when i was reading the absolute carnage oh, really stuff. okay well I'll, I, I do own it i do own it i've just got to dig it out wherever it is i'll, I'll dig it out or i'll or just read off. read off i'll read off your marvel unlimited subscription which you kindly <laughs> kindly lent me for this for this whole thing i did used to have it but i just i kind of weren't wasn't reading as much and then comicsology i'm like i kind of don't want to buy another comic comicsology <laughs> as we've been over this is a lot of things one last comment that was on yep. my personal facebook from uh, the podfather himself dave horrocks um obviously i made a comment jokingly saying all oh, the things i do for podcasts and and said i was watching <laughs> let there be carnage again and That's dave Horrocks and I tagged you in it, yeah. And you're still defending it. You're still apologising for it. <laughs> and I respect that. I respect that. Uh, but Dave Horrock said, actually, I love this movie. The back and forth and love story with Eddie and Venom is endearing. It's so endearing, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think that's, the, like I said earlier, I think that's the best part of these Venom movies is their dynamic. Um, mm. But I think outside of that, it's it's tough. They're, they're, way, they're not quite wasted potential. I'd say they are... Um... Un, they're not reaching their full potential. Untapped. Untapped. Yeah, there's like these are both seven out of ten movies. Could but they should really probably be nine out of ten with the source material. But yeah, no. I did not enjoy the the carnage tornado bit. I, I went. I thought that was too cartoony. That, that was a bit too much. I was, I was like, like, that's and not they never use it ever again. No, exactly. I was like, he's not the Tasmanian Devil. Okay, that's, I thought that when I watched it. And I was like, <laughs> and it, and people, and I was like, oh, he's spinning blades. People going to be like blended for like a helicopter blade. And no, he they get sucked into a tornado and yeah. thrown about. Yeah. Um, PG thirteen. You can't can't quite do the blood tornado. No, <laughs> no blood tornadoes for no PG thirteen. Blood tornadoes, <laughs> an ixnay on the blood tornado. <laughs> so, Mike, uh, after this very long podcast, we have come to the <clears throat> end. Um, so, obviously, you have a wonderful podcast, uh, genuine chit chat, mm. and you're also again part of the Comics in Motion family. You've done many a podcast on there. I was listening to your. Uh, it was uh, your um assistic vibrosis superhero uh podcast just before uh with uh, was it Jer- jeremy uh, jeremiah stimple jeremiah sorry jeremiah stimple uh a lo- absolutely lovely conversation about um the the creation of a superhero based on hi- himself and his own struggles with assistive vibrosis i thought it was genuinely kind of heartfelt and touching and you had a lot of sensitivity as well while talking to him about some of these things which obviously have affected him very deeply and i thought it was a a wonderful episode and actually quite a good place to start for some of the stuff and some of the things and the topics that you talk about on your channel but why don't you tell more people about genuine chit chat well, I have honest conversations with interesting people and Spider-Dan has been on the show as well on by himself, but also uh, with other guests as well. I, I just talk about, I talk with people that I find interesting. You know, some of them are bands. Some of them are, you know, I've spoke to a magister of the Church of Satan back in episode 52. Um, I've got a friend of mine called Goff. He's a blind Australian filmmaker. So we talk about stuff like that. It, it's really just 
anyone I find interesting. I've had conversations about sex positivity um, with some people who've written Star Wars. Uh, it's really just, there's a wide variety of stuff. And I'd say with my conversations, the, the thing is you're not necessarily going to be thoroughly interested in every single one of them. Um, but there's going to be at least one, at least. There's probably going to be a handful of the ones that you really enjoy if you enjoy if you listen to my podcast, you're probably going to find at least one. It's such a wide variety of conversation matter. There's going to be something you enjoy in there. So I'd say if you're unsure and you'll look, either just scroll through and pick one that has a fun title that you like the sound of, you can contact me at Genuine Chit Chat uh, on social media and ask. Or if you go on my YouTube channel uh, where there are video com- versions of certain conversations on there as well, I've put things in playlists. So if you just want to hear everything, all of my talks on religion or all my talks about science or all my talks just about movies and stuff, they're all in or just if you want to get into more podcasts i've got a playlist which is fellow podcasters you could just listen to all my conversations with people who also have their own shows so yeah it's it's really just a way for me to have conversations with people but if you contact someone and go hey do you want to chat on zoom for two hours they go no leave me alone if you go (laughs) i have a podcast and i actually have an audience a lot of Mm. people listen and depending on what your term what your what your definition of a lot is i'm not going to find it here but my definition of a lot of people uh listen to it and you know, it it's a great way to talk to people that I find interesting. So, lots of fun there. I and I've got I got my other show, my Star Wars show, Star Wars comics and canon. Never have mm. to read a Star Wars book in your life or a comic ever before. You just have to basically have seen the films, not even have to watch the series. And I go through the Star Wars comics, I go for all of them, and do character bios and stuff. And I talk about the plot details, so you never have to read a Star Wars comic. You can just listen to any episode, and that's on the feed of Comics Emotion, but it's also on my YouTube channel. So well rehearsed, all of that. So well rehearsed. <laughs> Again, meticulous, methodical, Mike. Uh, that's your new nickname, meticulous and methodical. Um, but yes, um, we've got an upcoming uh, podcast. We're going to be on Comics in Motion talking about Ms. Marvel, which I am fucking loving. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've just watched the the last episode. I think we're on, are we on the next one? I think it's Yeah, we're, we're on the next one. This one's going to be Scott Weatherly and Brett Scott, I think. Check Double it Scott. out. Check um, it out. Yeah, but I, I, before our conversation here tonight, Dan, I did watch Ms. Marvel episode four, I think it is. Yes. We're on the penultimate one. That's what I are. dibbed. I was like, I'm doing Kenobi and stuff. Let's do the penultimate. I'm not confident enough to do the finale. I, I was I was the same because I was like, I need a little bit of space between the two before I can talk. Because I, I obviously I wanted to be on earlier, but there was and I wanted to be on your podcast as well. But it's all ah, and I promised and I promised you, but I'm coming back for Andor, not Endor, Andor, uh, <laughs> Andor and Endor, and Andor and Endor. Let's hope he goes there and then they can make that joke. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, and also uh, our Disney discussion is coming up on. Uh, will it be on Genuine Chit Chat again? And uh, um, I think Emotion. Well, I think that it's you're the host, aren't you, this time? I am. So I, am, so I thought that you could release that if you wanted to. Oh, this okay. This feed of your own. If you if you can't be asked sure. to work, then I can sneep it and use it as a genuine chit-chat. But I thought it'd be nice for... Sure, try, yeah. Try and do a bit uh, circular, just because the last couple of times I've been Was... releasing it, taking all the glory. Oh, okay. Yep, sure. I will do. I will release it on here, just uh, just for funsies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll do that, so that'd be cool. Um, right, yeah. So... Um, you can find me. So it's at Dan underscore balls on Twitter. Um, on Facebook, it's at Secret Balls. Instagram, it's at Spider Dan Secret Balls. Review, like, share, comment, subscribe, etc. Don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle when you interact with us. If you want to join the battalion and be briefed in full on the secret balls, swing over to Prattle World at Spider Dan and the Secret And I'd like to thank my patrons. I am Jack's Musings. Paul Meller, Max Byrne, Scott Hodgson, Simon Cotton, Mike Burton. That's me. 
angry Andy reviews. Uh, that's everybody. I just realised as well, we've been talking about Spider-Man, which is content I almost never do, <laughs> surprisingly, uh, even though I'm named after it. And also Prattle World is named after Battle World from the Secret Wars where Venom was originally found and the black costume went on Spider-Man and it all links in because Venom became Venom and Venom both carnage and it all connects. Interconnectivity, universes, building upon stuff. Yes, we are done. It's been, a, it's been a long podcast, but I appreciate you taking the time, Mike, to sit down and talk carnage. I've really, really enjoyed this chat and it's been really nice to, uh, to have you on, finally. <laughs> finally left all this waiting yeah he finally returned the favor it's been enough time dan uh but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be great Fuck fun off. you delayed it i didn't delay I, it you yeah, delayed it i'm too busy i was too busy doing disney discussions with exactly. also you all, all, yeah all the work you're doing all the work i'll it's do it this time. It's literally this month just before you hang up is literally this month was like i have to go on uh back to the filmography the secret balls mm. and also femme on film and i was like i can't watch the four movies for disney mm. discussions and while i'm also moving house and stuff while also re-watching Let There Be carnage and the other two movies and things so i was like in all honesty it was like here's a gap in my schedule which is actually a gap from your and mine other movie watching schedule because megan's like yes. all we watch now is there's two or three shows we watch we want to watch and the rest of it is all for podcasts <laughs> i'm the same I'm, do I'm doing research for my uh i think it might be the next podcast is a top five vampire films so i'm i'm currently daybreakers number going one. through oh daybreakers yeah i'm good i'm good <laughs> i love that see i would i wouldn't say it's number one i i'm not a fool here blade two is number one um blade but, two is very good but blade yeah. two is fucking phenomenal i assume you've got like i'm not gonna ask actually because it ruined it but i things like lost boys and etc are gonna be on there which yeah, i think is maybe, really good maybe but like yeah. again I've, I've got two other guests i've got paul and dennis so they're gonna bring that's, something to the table but i again as, as as per usual i'm gonna go with the more slightly more obscure ones you may not have heard of Near dark. Um, uh well we i mean i've already mentioned i've already talked about that on film on film go check oh, out film exactly. on film. that's why i said it. Uh, <laughs> ah they're good 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 yes go listen to ria and all the good stuff but yes uh all the comics in motion people are great so uh catch up with us uh whenever you can but if you can uh if you do find yourself in a position to donate and join the patreon uh please do it if you have any money or any shekels to throw my way uh, but it's very much appreciated thank you mike again for taking the time out of your evening to talk absolute anarchy and it has been some kind of ordered chaos i like to think uh, but it's been it's been a lot of fun thanks again mike thank you Bye. so much